Hello, one and all, and welcome to Weekly Manga Recap here on May the 24th of 2023. It is me. It's me. It's any F doesn't rhyme, damn. Uh, and I am here with Quinn, and it's time to talk about the things. Look, I'm not, I, I, I'm just trying to make up for my lack of clarity with enthusiasm right now. I had to walk through puddles today. Puddles? It fun. Why? Who made you walk through puddles? Uh, so... God? Because I'll beat the shit out of that nerd. God had something to do with it. Uh, so... Or, you know, Poseidon, whoever the hell controls the weather patterns, whatever. So... Uh, Nick, Poseidon was the god of the sea, not of weather. How foolish you're... Austin! Who was the Greek god of weather?! He didn't hear me. Carry on. <laughs> um, I kind of thought that would work. <laughs> I thought it would too, but he has headphones on, I think. Yeah, as Quinn, like, immediately hits the, it's like, you know, uh, R2 in order to call in the assist move. <laughs> awesome. like, Quinn, you gotta save that for a key moment in the battle. Nope, do it immediately. <laughs> Five seconds into the match, we have no time. Uh, so, at, at, at my work, uh, oh, we have a parking Okay. Blame Zeus. Okay, that makes sense, I guess. Uh, so um, we have a parking garage at work, but for literally just like today, uh, we got word saying, hey, so the city is going to be working on the sidewalks, so we have to close the parking garage for employees today. Um. So uh, you have to use the backup lots, which are you know here and over at the park. And uh, so I was like, well, the one that was closest to the building is full. So I guess we got to park over at the park. Uh, and so it's, it's not a big deal. You know, you, I have to walk maybe like an extra three minutes uh, in order to go to work when I get there. Uh, but I have an office job and I'm, you know, when I do this, I, I wear, you know, like nice shoes and, you know, slacks uh, and a button up shirt and everything. I hate it because <laughs> look at how I always dress they don't, normally. They don't let you wear Stone Cold Steve Austin t-shirts normally? This is a Cold Skull Sonata shirt. I uh, Okay. I just saw Much Skull less famous. in Cold and I was like, yeah. I know what this is a reference to. There is no possible way that they were aware of the of Stone Cold Steve Austin, the much more famous wrestler when they were <laughs> coming up with this. Anyway, uh, so I go I come to work and then at about three o'clock we see her outside. Right. Oh well, it's gonna be rain when I go home. And then on the way out I'm like, oh right, I have to walk over to the park while oh, it's raining. No. And uh, on top of it just raining, we also like, you know, are like by the the bay by tampa bay and so there's not a lot of great runoff for when uh a lot of water gets dumped in the streets so while i had to cross the street at one point i was like well i just have to do this and i've trekked through like ankle deep water oh no in my dress shoes oh no your nice shoes so uh, there wasn't like a sweet young man who was like who really like came over he took his jacket off and was like you can step on this i was the sweet young man Quinn. Aww. <laughs> 
so uh i had to uh i did that i literally got to my car after doing that and stopped before i drove off to take off my shoes and dump out the water oh. inside them what, was it like a looney tune cartoon where like you're like this is way more water than i thought and then like an anchor <laughs> falls out and like some moss you're like oh mondays am i right uh it did feel that way for a little bit uh um and especially it didn't help that there that there were some people who were also like there were some of like the cleaners that were also running to their car and they were just like cackling hysterically while going through the water they were having a good old time well it was one of those things like oh my god i can't believe this is happening Ah!" you know that that kind of laughing uh, and I was just like, this sucks. <laughs> got to a point where like, you know, because there's a certain point where you're doing it where it's like, maybe if I just kind of like you know, stoop over here, and I can get over the deep parts and stuff. And then it just gets to a point where it's like, oh, no, I have just fully my <laughs> stepped into like three inches of water. There's no salvaging this. I'm, I'm just going to trek through it again. Uh, so, I mean, my day was fine, literally up until that point. And I was just like, well, this immediately has soured my mood for the entire day. You went home immediately to your calendar where you put a little sticker for how your day went. And like up until this point, you were like, there's a big fappy sticker about to come in here. And then you stepped to the pole. You're like, frown, you sticker now. You slammed it in there and you were like, fuck you, Wednesday. It sounded like you said fappy sticker when you said that. Maybe it's a fappy sticker, Nick. I'm not. Wait, here you don't know my schedule, is what I'm saying. All right. Uh, I feel like we've recorded long enough just that ki- I do. Just kidding. Every day. Just kidding. Every day is a fappy day for me. Oh, gee, wow. Good for you. You know that's healthy. They say. I, well, Penn and Teller said it. I don't know if that was true. I, I have to reevaluate a lot of the things they told me. If there's any source that you want to trust, it's Penn and Teller. <laughs> it's stage magicians, Nick. Um. Well, do we want to talk about manga then? I'm sorry your shoes got wet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess we can do it. Now, um, you, Nick, I don't want to call you a hypocrite. You talked about how big of an issue it was. The shoes got wet, and yet just there, I saw you drink water. So really, yeah. is water your friend or your enemy, Nick? I think you're going to have to yeah. decide that. you got to pick because, a line. Yeah, because those are definitely equivalent things. Uh, let me tell you something. When I was when I was drinking, I was like, I don't know, the most important thing is I keep my mouth shut so that no water gets in this mouth of mine. That is what's important. Uh, let's talk about manga, Nick. We have so much to talk about. Um, I'm looking at our list here. It looks like we have like 150. I think it's like 14, but st- still. It's closer to that latter one, certainly. Yeah, okay. Uh, I, I guess we'll do that. So it's uh, My Hero Academia to start with. Chapter number 389, featuring a cover page with, with Toga and Uraraka. And look, they're trying to fight each other. So Neither the, of them are in this uh, chapter. I was going to say, so we're, we're in for a cool Toga Uraraka chapter. No, we're not. It's like, it's, it's like at this point that Horikoshi is just... He's clearly got to be aware of like how little he's done anything to do to focus on their fight. I assume we're going to get back to them. I'm not here to sit on the idea that we're not going to get back to them. In my mind, I guess he was like, I guess I would rather draw these cute girls fighting than the Todoroki family here. I guess you'd have to draw, like, I don't know what we're calling him, like, Meltdown Dobby or whatever the fuck. Like, I don't know, maybe he's just like, look, that's the animator's job when they get to it. I ain't drawing that bitch color. <laughs> that's a lot. I'm just, put, 
just I'm just putting fire all around him so I have to have as few details as possible. Look at this explosion. Yeah. And yeah, and an explosion's going off. Uh, the uh, Todoroki family are still trying to keep him in check, but a big ass explosion has gone off. Uh, and uh, people are reacting to this from just from distance, you know, analyzing like, oh, my God, the heat, the explosion, what's going to happen? Uh, and all Dobby can think about is that everyone's watching me. I'm the center of everyone's attention. Is this this is what it's like. If it was so simple, then why? Why not sooner? It's like, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, in fairness to you, Dobby, uh, yes, you, you've had a, a, a fucked up. Uh, life your upbringing was 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 shit your your dad was no good to you uh and when you were at your lowest point uh no one did the things that were necessary to help you Mm -hmm. uh if you wanted people to pay attention to you though you did stay hidden for literally like 12 years after yeah that's the thing yeah some of it's on you dobby so uh, an evacuation degree is issued. Oh, look, there's a rock and toga. There they are. They're right there. There, see? See, there's one panel of the place. Oh, Nick, you know what? We were wrong. There, it, this is actually an Araka uh, Toya, uh, Toga, t- whatever chapter. Yeah. So I, what, what's her name? Uh, toga. Toga. There you go. I don't know why I wanted to call her Togata. Just add a little bit more. No. Uh, there is a Togata in the, the series. So. What? Look, Quinn, we're gonna have a conversation about some characters later on. Don't 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 get get ahead of it. Okay. So uh, we we cut around a whole lot as you know there is an evacuation going on. Tetsu 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 and Kendo are trying to help people evacuate. The little kids uh, that were in that you know exam that Bakugo and. Todoroki took are watching the news broadcast on one of their tablets uh, and uh, one of them just sees this huge bright light on the screen and goes yeah yeah I don't I know that the, the text box isn't like long enough to elongate or something like that but I definitely feel like he definitely elongates it or something because the idea yeah, is like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like a little unnerving actually uh, in fairness, he is actually saying this in response to like their teacher being like, "It's all gonna be okay." It's like, "Yeah, we will be. I know we will." Ah, okay. Uh, and uh, the news broadcast has has caught something, uh, and so we kind of just like cut to one of the two news helicopters that we were established with before, and we cut around to a bunch of people reacting to the broadcast. We start, of course, with these kids. And then we move to Can't You See Kid and uh, some of his friends. And Can't You See Kid is like cold, folding his hands together in prayer. And then we cut to the Philippines. And there is a woman who is also praying. Now, Nick, don't you know who this is? I don't think anyone knows who this is. <laughs> <laughs> I checked. I went on the my hero academia wiki i went on the reddit i checked on twitter i could not find anyone who could identify this woman other than i think she's just a woman in the philippines <laughs> it's just to let us know the philippines is also concerned with this conflict and how it ends the world is watching that has been established before it's just really weird I, one woman gets this full page length focus shot of her and there's no explanation that anyone has as far as i've been able to find as to who she is beyond just 
a random background character. She has to have some significance. There's no way he would just draw some random person in that kind of shot. And also yeah. in the Philippines. Like, it's it's a very specific thing. Because she's the only person. And, well, she's the only person praying. I think the other people we see in that shot are also, like, looking at a monitor, I guess. Maybe right. that's what they're saying is, like, all around the world. From Japan to the Philippines. <laughs> yeah. Is, is focused on this fight. Mountains crumble for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I... I'm assu- I'm working on that assumption right now that is, yes, oh, the world is, is watching, and here is a person who is also deeply invested in everything turning out okay. If it turns out, however, that it's like, oh, she's the long-lost sister of, of Ray or some shit like that, then it's like, yeah, sure, fine. I, I, I won't be that surprised to, to, to suddenly have that dumped on us. But something's going on in terms of what people are actually reacting to, and the little kids from before are like, we're definitely going to be fine. After all, we've got five wieners on our side. Now, for those of you who don't remember, and I'm sure all of you do, back when Bakugo and Todoroki did the whole thing where they had to win the hearts of, of the kids, one of them said, why have you got five wieners? Because Todoroki has these things on his utility belts that are vaguely cylindrical and kind of maybe look a little bit like dicks. And so they called him Five Wieners, and that was their nickname for him. Do you remember this? It no. hasn't really come up at all since then. I read uh, I read it as we've got five winners on my side, and I was like, I don't know who these five people are. I just know those two people here. Five Wieners is a very silly thing. I'm glad I didn't see it, because otherwise I would have obsessed over it all week until you gave me the answer, which isn't that interesting. Because uh, I don't even remember that detail about Todoroki's costume, particularly. No, it's not something that stands out about his costume. Honestly, his costume is possibly my least favorite of all of the kids in Class 1A. Yeah. it's It looks too much like just their regular I, I always uniform, just assume, so. yeah, it's it's the Class 1A uniform or whatever. Um, uh, he has made an ice jet around himself and Ida while Ida's running really fast, though. So that's pretty boss. That's Yeah, that is legitimately very cool that it's like a jet plane showing up. Like, that's actually super cool. And that's the chapter. It was, it was another short one uh, this week. Uh, so, I mean, like, if you put this together with the one from last week, that would basically be about roughly the length of a normal chapter. Uh, but... Uh, that's where we're at. Uh, maybe uh, maybe Horikoshi needs a little bit of a break. I don't know exactly what, what is going on. I hope that he is okay and he's in good health. Yes. Uh, but uh, short chapters uh, the last couple of weeks. But honestly, for the build that we've been having, it's kind of an okay place to have them just be like quick snippets of the scene that's going on. Yeah. So, it's fine. I would agree. All right, Nick. Let's talk about Undead Unlock number 159, Entruster. Uh, I don't know why the first thing I think about when I hear Truster is a Paralyzer from Finger Eleven, everyone's favorite band. Nick, you love Finger Eleven. Um, what was that one song that they did? Was that Paralyzer? Uh, yeah, I do like that song. Okay, so. there you go. There's a reference right there. Just think of it, Truster. I'm in something, 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 and trust by you. Something, something. That's. That's not the word, but okay. <laughs> I'm not paralyzed, but I seem to be struck by you. And That's trust, the word. And trust by you sounds better, though. I mean, if you say so. So, <laughs> uh, so last time 
Uh, Fuka was like, hey, these insects, alien, whatevers, these creatures are drawn to uh, emotions. I guess technically Nico figured it out, but Fuka uh, grabbed Phil because she's like, oh, they're all going towards Phil because Phil has a lot of feelings. So she she grabs Phil, heads off into the void of space. Uh, everyone else left on a station. Uh, Phil's mom starts freaking out because she's like, wait. Where's the queen? The queen's been here all along. She birthed everybody. It was here before. Um, she notes that the queen is the one that ate, quote, that, that thing. thing, which I oh, guess. Oh, you talk. <laughs> I mean, we find out literally in this chapter what it is. So, yeah, curious. I don't know. Uh, but she's like, no, we, we like we can't go moving around. We'll be killed. It's it's too strong. Fuku is just like. You know, they're all after Phil, but it's okay. And Phil's, of course, just like, wait, I have feelings? Uh, and Fuko takes the Can bit. you tell me what is love? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Fuko has to explain, look, back in the other world, you had the negation ability on feel and negated your own feelings and senses. But the truth to all that is that a negation ability dwells in the soul. Even if you feel nothing, you, Pinocchio, you were a real boy all along, more or less. Uh, and she's like, it's just like the past you, the present you has a soul as well. You're full of so many emotions that God was so eager to negate it. You're human. And Phil's just like, I see. Mother will be pleased. Uh, and we start seeing this. All right, Phil, I know you're basically dying right now, but please stop being so creepy when you talk, please. <laughs> uh, we start seeing like this black dissipation. I guess these creatures have like a slight cloaking element, or at least the queen does, because it seems to appear out of nowhere. Yeah, it's, um, she's a big thing. So. <laughs> she's fucking enormous. Uh, it's right below them. Uh, Fuko's like, oh god, what's happening? Phil starts floating towards her, and she's like, holy shit, no, it's happening now. Phil's unfeel is is activating for the first time, and as he, like, floats into the, the maw of this creature, he's like, don't worry, mom, I've had feelings and a soul this whole time. Um, they don't say it explicitly here, I wonder if they'll examine it later on but i guess the tragedy in the previous loop was he was also attacked by these things and gained unfeel so then they diverted to his mom instead i'm not sure i have no because it's one of those things where i'm like as i said i think uh previously um tezuka sometimes runs into situations where he's like oh, i came with the power and then i forgot it's supposed to have a tragedy Ooh, i mean if? maybe possibly we'll learn about it later but uh it's been established that like galaxy came into effect uh in this loop earlier than the previous one like galaxy wasn't a thing until modern times i'm I'm assuming that there was some equivalent to these things sure sure maybe it was maybe it was an aquatic lab or something sure they did establish that it's like the base seemed to be for underwater originally uh, but yeah, uh, they, they've kind of strongly implied that aliens would not have shown up in the previous loop yes. because the galaxy didn't exist. So, uh, so sometimes I forget about that and how just how weird this series is. <laughs> it's a very straight series. 
We go into a flashback of Phil's mom after she basically restored him. Uh, and he, she's just like, your name, can you remember? He's like, Phil, age three, and we just see, like, the shot of, like, the two of the normal, and then it's divided, and then you see, like, this robotic rib cage and cables mm-hmm. and everything, and then she's like, he doesn't oh. even have He doesn't even have arms to begin with, it looks like. Yeah, so. she's like, oh, and the next shot's like, how, how are you linking with your arms? And he's just like, oh, I can't move them very well, but then that's where he starts learning the cat's cradle, and then he shows it to her, and she gives her a big smile. It's like, oh, the payoff. Uh, and she notes, Phil, you have always been such a kind child. And we cut to Phil in the present. Inside of the alien queen, uh, there are a bunch of floating uh, space astronauts, which Phil deduces like, oh. There's a bunch of floating space suits, Quinn. Yes. There's no way to tell if they're occupied. <laughs> Maybe they're like, we don't need this anymore. Check it out where that giant space crab is. Yeah. Let's eat them. For the four kids dub, these are empty space suits, of course. Yeah, they're <laughs> fine. I can see their parachutes. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna the say, parachutes you wear when you get in the spacesuit. You know? I was going to say, Phil would have to say some line here like, oh, it must have attacked the empty suit armory, but it is way funnier if his thought is just <laughs> they have their parachutes so the people are fine. I'm sure that they got out of here safely. Just like a boot on a spring. It's like one of those things you're like, okay. Okay, yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, one of the spacesuits has take the doll carved into it written on it it's not exactly clear who did it or how uh but we then see sort of grafted to the inside skin of this creature a a wooden mannequin with very few features Mm -hmm. uh and phil notes that this is a thing that they picked up and researched and it's dangerous but these things grew bigger by absorbing its power and uh phil touches it on the forehead and immediately remembers the past life. And he's like, wait, or the past loop. And he's like, these aren't the memories that I had. This, you know, the union, the gators, God slate, even the ones who saved me, this is. And he remembers what Fuku just told him. And we get the introduction to the entruster artifact, an artifact that converts the feelings of anyone who has used it so far into power. But of course, there is a cost to it. To use it, you must offer your own body. And they, to do so, you had to have all of your feelings extracted. And it basically is lethal. However, because Phil is on feel, and his feelings are already that way. And he's a robot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I'm sure that is helpful as well. Uh, he could circumvent the risk. So he, he just says, like, ah, right now I'm the same as you. Unfeeling, right? Um, I, you know... Everything that's happening is very strange, but like my concern towards various things is starting to fade, and there are still people I want to save. So I think fighting and the sum of this feelings, it's something that I want to show. And he reaches his hand down, there's like this dark mist. Uh, we cut back out into the big space battle. Um, Fuku's shooting it with a whole bunch of bullets, but she notes there's not enough like stuff to actually cause unluck around here uh which is weird because i think meteors <laughs> being pulled from space has been like it an has. Unluck it's true. yes so it does feel like you should be able to just pull meteors from anywhere but uh she's just like no i won't let you get your hands on phil kind of already got his hands on phil <laughs> but again not the point uh 
fucking Phil ends the chapter by exploding out of the fucking uh, stomach of this little thing, just with like now his razor arms. He now looks like he does he did in the previous loop where he has like the puppet body. Uh, we also see he has a couple relics on his back as well. Other artifacts look like a sword or something, and like some kind of like bar like gun of some kind. Um, and he just notes, I'll give them to you. I'll use my feelings to defeat this thing. Yeah, so he's got his, you know, his uh, marionette arms with the blades on them. And also he's got freaking Astro Boy uh, jet booster legs. Uh-huh. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I don't know. I, this, this was all right. Uh, I didn't really connect, I feel like, with the big moment of Phil uh, getting his big I'm going to save mom moment uh so in in terms of like how well everything has been clicking for undead unluck lately this is actually kind of disappointing by comparison i don't think it's bad or anything it's just that the bar has been i feel very high for this series for a while and this felt like a big moment that was a bit of a miss for me i work i i can work with it on a certain level it is very difficult to parse uh some level of like this person has no feelings. That's the whole point of unfeel, but they do have feelings, but they've used this puppet body. It seems very much like he is meant to be on the same track as he is in the other world where he gets this body and he gets all these artifacts in it. But in this world, it's more optimistic, um, I guess, because he's just kind of going past like not having feelings out this yeah, feels very much like kingdom hearts when they're like these are the nobodies they have no hearts or feelings and then every single one of them is a super melodramatic bitch <laughs> like they all have so many emotions it's like hold on a second <laughs> well they all have negative feelings they've got no they've got they've only got negative feelings like, that's not the same thing of what you said before i think they eventually explained that they create feelings and i'm like to the point where it's so realistic, it's indistinguishable. And Look, then, this one's got an X in his name. Feel bad for him. So I'm like, they all have X's in their names. That's one of your weird gimmicks. Uh, <laughs> all right, you just you wait until we come out with the next game, part pie of. <laughs> oh Mars. my god! I wish it was that simple. It's it's gonna be. It's it's the only thing that can give Attack on Titans anime season namings like a run for its money. Where it's part just... twenty seven over five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what twenty seven is the number of days that Aqua was in was trapped in or whatever in the thing. <laughs> yeah. What was it? Uh, three three fifty six by two or so, or divided something by two like days. That. Yeah. yeah. Regardless, five uh, chapter not great though. Um, still okay chainsaw man vroom 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 chainsaw man double vroom vroom because they're on a chainsaw motorcycle to start off chapter 130 kill building which is a great pun it is great great. so last time of course uh denji got a motorcycle at mikasa's beckoning uh not the one that the girl was riding but he was fine with you know kicking off the guy rider uh and uh then it was they needed it to go fast and be good, so she turned it into a super chase on motorcycle with uh, with Yoru's powers. And how does uh, Denji react to the motorcycle they're on being turned into a chainsaw motorcycle? The bike turned all badass. I didn't know I could do that. Awesome. I love Denji just being like, "I'm the best. I rule." I I guess I did it. <laughs> so, uh. 
so Asa says, "Hey, if we can outrun the, the tentacles, then that then the fake chainsaw man that we could survive through this." And then she's like, "I don't know, what you trust that guy?" And she says, "I mean, he saved us, right?" Or well, they saved us. She does say specifically. So, uh, yeah, it's hard, kind of hard to determine gender when you're made of chainsaws. So, covering the bases is Asa. A bunch of the tentacles start swirling up into into the air and come crashing down towards Denji and Asa. Denji rides along the wall of one of the buildings to start uh, avoiding them. Then the weird diner demon thing that was being served by the falling devil before is in the abyss and very deliberately kind of like covers its eyes or where its eyes would be with its hands. Uh-huh. And then one of the tentacles morphs into its main body and starts attacking Denji. And like it summons like a hammer arm thing to attack them. It starts breaking up the building that they're riding on. Uh, and as it's just trying to chase them down, Denji's like, what the hell kind of devil even is this? Uh, but there's more to it than that because Asa spots that up ahead of them, a building is floating in the air. Just a whole ass apartment building, like a t- twelve stories tall, and the falling devil is using her telepathy to manipulate it and says, "Eat this," because <laughs> a she's a line. chef. It's such a great line. I don't know why, but like in exactly that like cheesy action movie way, it's like perfect. Eat this. <laughs> And sends the building crashing down towards them. There's a huge burst of rubble. And Denji is just riding up along the wall of the building through it as it's crumbling apart. And just comes bursting along the other side to safety. Or rather, to the horrifying body mouth that this demon summons in front of them. And that's the chapter. Uh, it's a quick chapter because there's a lot of two-page action spreads in it, uh, and it's a wild ride. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it read very quickly. I was like, oh, it must have been a short week, and then realized, like, oh, no, this is actually <laughs> the usual length. It's just three two-page, three dialogue-less two-page spreads in a row. I guess eat this as dialogue, but um, it's still very cool, very cinematic and silly. Uh, I love that Asa is essentially... just closing her eyes this entire time uh just like you know let's see what happens i don't (laughs) i don't really want to watch this uh but i can imagine this being filmed like a really cool movie so i liked a lot yeah it it was uh just a nice really action-packed chapter with some silly stuff in it so good Oh. Speaking of good, Nick, let's talk. Speaking of good, let's talk about. Let's Aim get on Zero. our. Let's get in our phones yeah. because. <laughs> Got to read it here. Read the center brow. Yeah, this is the way the manga was meant to be read. Uh huh. Hey, Nick, you got phones, don't you? It worked out so I well when Blizzard said it. Uh, this is Eden Zero, Chapter Two Forty: The Doctor's Deviant Disposition. Everyone loves alliteration, Nick. Um. So. I mean, we, I do. Yeah, yeah, I, I do, too. Unironically, yeah. this is a great chapter title. Uh, last time it was revealed that Xenolith is inside Eggbot. Now, we will go and explain this further as it goes along. It's worth noting this, this is the real Xenolith, not the other Xenolith who's supposedly causing problems. I'm going to get to this. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to get yep. to this. Yep. 
little girl with Eggbot is like, oh no, Eggbot's broken. And then like the Eggbot personality comes in. It's like, no, I'm not. I'm just letting this this other person like use myself for a while. And then Xenolith's face comes in. And he's like, ah, there you have it, child. Yeah. Uh, the, the explanation is that a little girl's like, oh god, Eggbot is broken. <laughs> Honestly, this little sequence of the girl not understanding what's going on, being upset because her robot egg friend is being controlled by a weird old man robot, and then Rebecca being like, it's okay, why don't we go off while the adults talk, is probably the best part of the chapter. (laughs) I I will argue I think there's one slightly funnier moment, we'll get to it though. Uh, Of course we have do Hero's uh, old joke standby of a character faces directly towards the screen and makes a joke. While in the left half of the panel, a character reacts to it very uh, over the toply. This time it is uh, Laguna, who's just like, so you are possessing little girl's friend? And Xenon's like, no, I'm borrowing the body. And goes on to explain why they're borrowing the body. So Xenolith heard that all the robots on Forrester went berserk at the same time and figured out that Mueller, the Imperial scientist, was the one who was behind it all. So Xenolith, in the form that we know him from, little robot with kind of like the like circular head, goes to confront him. And they have like a bit of an exchange. Uh, Bueller thinks this is creating like a paradox. He's like some kind of weird math genius. Um, he basically goes to explain like, you are the, you are, are an imperial scientist did your emperor put you up to this and mueller's like no that lazy pleasure seeker could have never understand my goals my goals are to bring an end to this empire and soon it will be the age of void and everyone's like who is void and we get the introduction to this character we met before of course we don't get his uh full name of like new uber overlord (laughs) whatever void Uh, right He is the king who will control the universe. He has infinite resources, wealth, power, etc., etc. He also has the four super android called the Demon King's Dark Stars and his android-based Oration 6 Galactica, of which he is trying to build, like, the last member of. And four and six together make ten, which is one and zero. This is a beautiful binary. He goes on this whole uh, tangent. I mean, like, I'm actually of two minds about that. Hey, which is is one zero in binary, <laughs> but it's I I kind of like that this guy who's got apparently a thing that we never really got the time for, which is like talk spouting off math equation stuff. I do like that he just finds some weird way to twist the number ten into <laughs> into this. Yeah. Of like, oh, it represents one and zero, like the Eden zero and the Eden's one. Ooh, but it's like a group of four and a group of six. Fuck off. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't count the Demon King himself. Uh, the ultimate point is that uh, Mueller uses like an EMP and he's like, I'm going to take your powers. And he does. He specifically takes Xenolith's powers. And as he does so, says... I think I'll take your name too. And then we cut to yes. Xenolith's physical body crawling right. around Forresta, which is where they meet Eggpot. I assumed because Xenolith showed up in Eggpot, 
that I think like 90% of people, Mueller had taken over Xenolith's body and his sure. powers. Because that it makes sense. Because yeah, people yeah. are saying Xenolith a lot. And they're like, yeah. like, that's the thing. For several chapters, it's been like Xenolith has been causing all these problems. He destroyed a planet. Xenolith yes. did. That Xenolith, the one that we know? Yes, that Xenolith. But it turns out, no, that's not actually yeah, Xenolith. It's, it's actually a completely different body that has yeah. just been calling itself Xenolith and stirring yes. shit. And characters yes. have to, they're like, so the real Xenolith's here, but fake Xenolith, they're over there. It's its a long, elaborate thing. Um, it's really not. <laughs> it's, well, it's just dumb. It's, it's such a weird extra complication um that is obnoxious um but they're just like okay this is a situation xenolith stole my body um there is something we're sure is just like damn it this old guy who hired this guy anyway and this is the moment that was actually legitimately very funny to me is it cuts inside the ship to fabiano who's like profusely sweating and i did find that joke mildly amusing i was like we know so little about this guy and he just sucks he's like he seemed really good at the interview (laughs) he just talked about how much he loved the number 10 (laughs) okay now we have to talk about something else that's a little dumb because Laguna, Laguna says, well, clearly we have to deal with Xenolith now. Emperor Shura, I believe this means we're going to work together, that we have a truce then, right? And Shura says, we've never been at war. You just started rebelling as like a joke. But it really does express why is there an oasis in this universe what are they rebelling against if the empire is good the empires are kind of good guys it sure is not a horrible monster he just hangs around with all of his friends and goes on wacky adventures and and has consensual relationships with with his girlfriend and stuff and yeah that's why laguna was a movie star Instead of like there being a huge underground movement. And that's why their cat boy is not a huge cat boy. He's a little cat boy. So why? Uh, <laughs> why, why does Oasis exist? I don't understand. See, this is the issue with having a universe where only good or potentially good things happen. The conflicts that arise that cause people to have dramatic motivations don't exist for some of these people and that can be okay if they have instead different things that have happened to them that instead are their big motivating factors but because there are so many characters in eden zero and because we have to move forward through this plot so quickly instead it's just like yeah everything's fine and all the villains are actually kind of cool guys and that's just it so what is the point of us being here if literally every character is going to just be like, yeah, my life's actually kind of good. And they don't even, unless they were on the Eden Zero when the memory dimension hopping thing went off, don't even remember all the more interesting stuff that happened to them. So yeah. they're just worse versions of the of the previous versions. It's just a very doofy thing. Like I, It's that weird, that, that, that necessity of like, well, this... Oasis existed in the old universe. So Oasis has to exist here, and it's like it doesn't. If if they're not rebelling against something, like they're a rebellion group, if they're not doing that, if they're going to exist, at least say they do something differently, as opposed to here, where they're also rebelling against an empire that doesn't 
that they're fine with ultimately actually they had a brief conflict because someone lied and told them that the oasis was harboring xenolith but that explained why the empire was going after that it's yeah. just very silly it'd be so easy to just do a little tweak just have have one member of the crew be like a massive jerk to start off with because the conditions that they went through their lives were different and so they, you know, ended up taking a darker path. And you could have it be a big thing when, like, oh, they remember what happened, and now they, now it's all good, and they kind of have to, like, deal with the fact that in this universe they were kind of a big ass jerk, and they kind of have to come to, to, you know, grips with that. But no, everything's just fine. Everything's hunky dory. We everything's less interesting here. Anyway, here I have a bath scene, and that's that's just what we've been doing lately. Yeah, uh, Shiki extends his hand to Shura, saying. All right, we're going to be friends then, right? But Shura slaps his hand away and says, sorry, I've got enough friends. So there you go, Nick. This is the universe here. He's like a cool dude with a bunch of friends. Everyone loves oh, him. Oh, man, this this world, this world Shura is just a cool guy. Everyone loves Shura. Uh, ignore the fact that uh, in the other universe, he did awful things. Um, the group kind of says, like, well, our plan was just to get laguna back and we did it so i guess we can go but shiki's like yeah i can't abandon xenolith like we're gonna have to do this uh cut over to narrow one where void is telling a robot like xenolith it's your first excitement uh assignment this is why the xenolith thing is very stupid because xenolith immediately rebukes the name so that he can be known by the name we already knew him as as we reveal the end of the chapter Mueller, a member of the Eration 6 Galactica. So literally all of the stuff about him calling himself Xenolith was just so that there could be a twist about Xenolith. But it would have been even more of a twist if they were like, yeah, we physically seen the robot body of Xenolith do bad things as opposed to, I guess it was a different robot that just calls himself Xenolith. Like, I don't know what to tell you. It's kind of weird that we had a whole thing in the previous. Uh, and then he goes back to the same name. It's not even yeah. a new name. It's the same name he's always had. Yeah. yeah. Was, I, I, I like this one. I, I like this mustache, too. Uh, it's funny that we had a whole thing in the previous, uh, um, universe of a, you know, a, a horrible villainous robot that caused all sorts of destruction. It turns out that it was actually being controlled from within and both who the robot were and who the evil person controlling it were had no relevance to us. <laughs> and then we had the chance to do it in this one. And it's like, no, 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 I'm just going to get rid of that. I'm just going to get this reveal out of the way immediately. Yeah. <laughs> no tension, no drama, nothing. God. Uh, yeah. Awful uh, chapter. I should say awful. What a waste. Just very stupid. Uh, glad to have you back, Eden Zero. <laughs> <laughs> I missed you. Uh, let's talk about Akane Banashi. It's story 62, Judging Standards. Uh, so, yeah, it's time for the big uh, final four of uh, this uh, exam for the uh, Zenzas. And uh, so we get a bit with uh oh gosh she her name's actually said in this chapter hang on let me see if i can find her real quick it's so it's the girl with the it's the girl with the journalists uh, yeah. this time uh and uh so she uh she, she's there and she's kind of looking around and, and it's like oh man this place is completely sold out They they sold like 500 online passes to the live stream Comey. event 
Comey. Yeah, That's it's right. ironic because she can't communicate. She's she, literally a journalist. It's her job to communicate she things. She does not seem to have a problem with expressing her opinions on mm. anything. So, yep. Uh, yeah, so they're talking about like, yeah, it's apparently really popular, be- mostly because of Hikaru. And she's like, yeah, yes, this is what it's uh, to expect when it comes to Hikaru's talents. It's like, yeah, but why are you acting like this is your accomplishment? You're just like a fan versus she's all smug. Uh, but uh, we also see that there is a like a, a score entry thing uh, that you can pull up on your phone uh, for the event, and there is an audience scoring portion of the event. So there's three judges. There is the in-person audience, and there's the online audience. And so each of those five different entities gets to have a 20-point uh, scoring scale, so the maximum that a single contestant can get is 100 points. Uh, so you know, our, our journalist friend looks at that and is like, yeah, I'm betting that Mastery Ken came up with this. But Comey says, like, I mean, so Hikaru's going to win, right? The audience is made up of her fans. The streamers are mostly made up of her fans. So she's got a massive advantage. She's going to win, right? Uh, and she does definitely have a good point, at least on the surface. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if, if, if 40% of the, of the score is the audience, the audience is massively in her favor. She's going to have an advantage, you would think. Uh, so the four Zenza from the Rensei Kai are going to be competing together. And we our first contestant is the one that we know the least about. <laughs> the fourth guy. Old, for- old fourthy. Everyone loves him. He's not very memorable, hence why he was told by his master to braid part of his hair. And yeah. it's, and know. I'll be honest, he was right. It's been the most iconic thing about his character so far. But like, yeah, yeah. the guy with the little braid, it's it's cute. It's got, yeah, he, your master had a point. Yeah. So uh, Zenmai Arakawa uh, starts off and uh, he says like, oh, you know, they say that if you gather 10 people together, you'll get 10 different opinions. Just as we all have different faces, we all have different temperaments. This is the story of the stubborn Moxibustion. A man brags to his friend that he went to a Moxibustionist that's so hot most give up from the sheer pain of it. Uh, Moxibustion is a type of the medical treatment thing it's, it's i don't really understand it but anyway so yeah uh so he goes through it and he's doing this thing where like you know this guy's like ah this is nothing it's just a nice warm tingle ah! he starts making wacky faces because of oh how hot it is and so he's looking around the audience and he's like yes i'm getting a good reaction from the audience and we get the minimum <laughs> necessary flashback from him to think about like oh man it's it's been four years since we started but Kaise has always taken all the glory from me and i've had to put up with being with all this discipline for master's end show and now i finally got my chance to shine and these novices who haven't been even been around for a year they're not gonna show me up and so he's making wacky face while he's going through his act uh-huh. and then his act ends we, we, we skip to the end and uh, the MC says, like, all right, now we're going to have uh, you know, his performance be judged. And uh, an assistant kind of wheels out a monitor so that we can see the scoring uh, happen. And uh, oh, he looks then mine's so, got to be. He looks so excited. Like, look at him. He's, so, all, he's like big smile. He's got a little yay. blush there. He's like, oh, it's going to be great. Yeah, so, and then mine's like, oh, it's going to be great. 
Uh, Comey, who is in the live audience, gives him an 18 out of 20. So, yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, and Zen Mai's just going to sit there while he's judged live, which is <laughs> great. This uh, is brutal. This is some fucking, like, American reality t- TV show shit where they're just like, all right. Stand up there while Randy Jackson says why he thinks your cover of My Heart Will Go On was so just kind of wishy-washy. <laughs> Goddamn. Uh, so Zenmai has got to stand there as the score pops up and his overall score is 75 points, which, you know, is not bad overall. But what people really catch on to is that the individual scores are also given for the three judges and for the two audiences this is so brutal this is so fucking savage so he got a 17 from the live audience out of 20 14 from the streaming audience ryujaku gave him a 17 master he can give him a 15 right in the middle and master gakuman gave him a 12 not master actually he is not he's specifically not a uh, master he's a critic so gakuman who is a veteran art critic is allowed to comment on this after (laughs) can you explain to us why you thought that this that this performance was shit sir this is my worst nightmare i need to stress this that like i would do something and i'm like could you please stand up in front of everybody while somebody like just viscerally dresses you down in front of everyone. Let's start with the negative score first to get let's, us off on the right foot. Let's start with the one who thought you sucked the most. Uh, so Gakuman says, I saw someone using funny faces and momentum in an attempt to get a reaction from the crowd. And I thought it was desperate, very poor acting. <laughs> oh my god, I had I had legit secondhand cringe from this, where I was just like, <laughs> run off the stage, just to hide, leave, cut off the braid, assume a new identity. You're done. Like I, I can't pretend you're like a Padawan who's graduated. <laughs> I'm a Jedi Master now, and then throw a stake through this guy's heart and just run. Oh, if you're I don't know. I think if you were a Jedi Master, you might have been a little bit more clever and witty. (laughs) (laughs) I I cannot begin to. That Obi Wan's kind of funny, actually, sometimes. (laughs) I would just, I would just sit here sobbing. It would have, he would have been like, I mean, I'm already sobbing because my score is behind me, but then he's immediately like, I thought it was very important. It was, I'm sorry. So the MC like very awkwardly is like, oh, and what did you think, uh, Master Ryujaku, the guy who gave the nice score? And Ryujaku is just like, I thought it was great. I like the crowd laughing and stuff. And that's just kind of it. Compliment sandwich time. Let's go back to the one who hates you. Do you have any <laughs> other thoughts? Like the stupid braid. Can you cut it off or like? My uh... master made me get this. Oh, and if your master told you to go out on stage and suck at rock ago, would you? <laughs> well, clearly you would. Yeah. Did your master also tell you to go on stage and suck eggs? Because that's what you did. <laughs> I just want you to know that. I don't know if that's what the lesson he was trying to tell you was, but you sucked eggs. Nobody likes to make people who make shitty excuses. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Comey realizes like, wait a minute, not only were the scores that these two guys gave very different from each other, the things that they focused on were directly opposite. Uh, one of them said getting the audience to react is everything. The other one said that, oh, you were just desperately trying to get the audience's approval. 
Uh, and so he points out like, hey, the streaming score is very different. And if you watch like the recording that came from on stream and she does and she's like, you know, it's a lot less impactful if you just watch it on video. And so uh, her uh, press partner, whose name I'm going to have to memorize, he shows up too often for me to not remember this. It's been over a year that this book is being published. Uh, he brings up like, this is the point of this system. You've We've got uh, Ryujaku, who is a Kansai master. We've got Iken, who's a Tokyo master. And we've got a seasoned crit critic here. And we've got an in-person audience and a streaming audience all different people who have different criteria for how they judge a Rakugo performance. So if you excel in just one particular area, that's not going to be enough to win. You have to get an overall score that will win. And so that's what these ends have to deal with. Uh, and he's like, I really wonder now what's going to happen with the next performer, because this guy is someone who like ambushed us all Kaichi Arakawa and we cut into a bathroom uh, where Kaichi is kind of hunched over a sink. And he's basically like repeating a mantra to himself, which is just, you know, like honesty, dedication, emotion, gratitude, unending love for the customer. And he's got this kind of customer service smile on his face yeah. while he's doing it. Anyone who's worked in retail knows exactly this face and what this is all like the, that moment you're in the bathroom. Like, I don't want to rip their faces off. I actually like them. I would like to help them with their stupid questions and every stupid thing. <gasps> all right, back out there. <laughs> But you close the eyes so that they can't see that the smile's not reaching it. So. <laughs> yeah, Tyra Banks would see straight through it. She's like, you're not smizing. Tyra, I've got something to tell you. Yes? Smizing is just you tilting your head downward. It's not an actual thing. <laughs> no, no, Nick. I watched uh, several seasons of the show. She would be like, this is smiling. And this is smiling with your eyes. <laughs> No, no, no. You moved your head so that we couldn't see that your expression didn't change. <laughs> no, no, Nick. I, I believe it, it, it's very similar. It's, it's... And then this is smize. You know, no, stop moving your face when you do it. You're hiding the fact that it doesn't change. <laughs> no, Nick. It's too, it's too late. I've trademarked it. Yeah, I've go to Model Land. I, I made $1 million while you were opening your mouth to speak. Damn. I said, I said smize like seven times. I owe her so much money now. <laughs> um okay good chapter um i'm excited this is the guy who i'm most excited to see perform so i mean it's weird that i didn't i wasn't as excited for scotty goldman or whoever the last character was <laughs> i was trying to think who was the most jobber wrestler i could think of and i was like cole cabana did work for a while and i don't think ever won a match <laughs> oh man all right, guys. Let's move on now to B -B -B Blue Box. It's chapter one hundred and one today two, and uh, it's uh, chapter one hundred and one. And the date in the series is one one January the first. And this is a Chinatsu focus chapter, a Chinatsu POV chapter, uh, and. Unlike Taiki, who's constantly going like, God, I love Chinatsu. Chinatsu has a, a quiet internal monologue. Uh, so it's a very visual chapter. 
So we follow her from the point where she just kind of wakes up. Uh, you know, it's very cold and snowy outside. She looks outside and uh, she just kind of like has just kind of a quiet, a, a calm, but kind of troubled look on her face, picks up her phone, looks at it, looks at the message that Taiki had sent her. I'd like to talk to you about something. And then she kind of like collapses back on uh, her futon and goes, mm, mm, <laughs> having thoughts very loudly, basically. She gets uh, called out to to you know be with her her, her parents and her grandparents, and they're uh, like, "Oh, you want some bean paste?" And uh, her her granddad's being a granddad and stuff. Uh, he's like, "Have some food, have some food." Uh, and uh, they're, they're talking about stuff. Her grandfather says, "Like, what what have you been up to? How's the team? How's school? Uh, have you found anybody special?" Uh, and um, her grandmother says, honey, kids don't like being asked about that kind of thing. And I was like, we mean kids these days. Has anyone ever liked being interrogated about their romantic life by their family? Literally? <laughs> I, I do like how the granddad's like, oh, better not be a weirdo. <laughs> like, oh, he's good. Love him. Love him. Uh, but uh, she, she asks the things for a second, and then she says, Hey, when you two met, uh, you met where where Grandma was working, right? It's like, oh yeah, yeah, she was working at the inn, and your grandpa came every morning to deliver the vegetables. And then, before they even get very far into the story, Chinasu just goes, "When did you realize you liked her?" And <laughs> her grandpa says, "Grandpas these days don't like being asked questions <laughs> like that." That's uh, very adorable. It's cute. It's a nice reversal of the situation. Um, it is also worth noting that she takes a bite of mochi and there's a little sound effect that goes, mochi! Mochi! mochi. It's, it's so cute. fucking cute. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, there's New Year's celebrations going on on TV. They've got to shovel the snow. The next day comes and she has to kind of like repeat her thing where she's looking outside and then she kind of goes, collapses onto, onto the futon again, looks at her phone briefly again. Uh, but she decides to go out for a walk, uh, gets all bundled up and goes outside. And as she's walking around, uh, you know, she like passes by some people on the street. She sees one of them sneeze. And then she thinks about uh, when she there was a small hint that she might be catching a cold and Taiki immediately gave her his jacket so that she'd be warmed up. Uh, she's you know walking down the side of the road and she imagines Taiki walking next to her and then like wanting to have like a snowball fight and she kind of like shakes her head to get rid of the thought and she's kind of blushing about it uh and she kind of bundles herself up against the snow when it starts to fall again and she thinks about the time that taiki offered her a, a scarf giving him a scarf and then uh thinks about go into the gym and uh yumeka being there uh -huh. and uh seeing taiki coming through the door and this is all the way back when she would just like first see taiki uh when you know he started going to the same school as her but then she started kind of noticing him there more and more and more in the morning when they would both arrive at the same gym and she's just standing by herself in the snow 
it's cold, but she's blushing while she's thinking about it. And she lets out a little breath and remembers where the conversation went to the day before after her grandfather didn't really want to tell her when he realized he liked her grandmother. But her grandmother called her over and said, I'm going to tell you something special about that conversation before. What your grandfather said when he confessed his love for me. And we go to the next morning and she nods, she wakes up and she looks out the window and she remembers what her grandmother told her. Your grandpa said in the shyest voice I've ever heard, I found myself wanting you to be the first person I saw in the morning. And as Chinatsu looks out the window, she's thinking about Taiki. That's so motherfucking cute. This <laughs> is so goddamn sweet. This shit gives me diabetes. Like, holy shit, man. Like, fuck. This is precious. This is wonderful. I <laughs> just love this so much. It's so good. Uh, I, this chapter 100% convinced me. I think not only is Chinatsu like has fallen for Taiki, she might have fallen for him harder than he's in love with her. Even though we were just had chapter immediately prior to this where Taiki talked about how much he loved her. Like this is so pure and potent uh, and true. Like, you know, if you have this kind of like feeling of wanting to be close to someone's like, yeah, that is absolutely love. Like you just want to be with them desperately from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed. Mm. It's just so fucking cute. It's just like that sentiment. It all ties it together so perfectly. I love it. It's a chapter just about Shinatsu and living it, like walking around this town and talking with her family and just, she can't help but imagine Taiki and think about Taiki and look at her phone, waiting for him to respond and it's uh, the, and the little ending is just so fucking adorable and sweet. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. It's so good. Yeah. No notes. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Nick. An equally romantic and beautiful chapter, Cypher Academy. Yeah. Um, I now, mean, I will say, split? maybe the least interesting chapter title in a while. This is like a, th- this is a normal ass title. Cypher Academy, chapter 24, Triple Code Alliance. It should be called Triple Code Alliances don't work together unless the code is necessary or some shit like that. It would be good. I do like the key weapons that are uh, in this. It's like, hey, here's some notes, uh, Kingdom Hearts, if you want to have stuff other than just like swords that look like keys in your next one. You know, a little bit different. Yeah. But uh, so last time, the leading private of class 1C in Valides Yunaki Yuguisu confronted Toshisai. Oh my god, is this going to be the part where the rival is in trouble? And she gives Toshisai an invitation to the, the peace conference with the leaders and, 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 and just walks off and is gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was like a breath of relief for me. There was a little bit of disappointment, but I was like, phew! <laughs> Toshisai lives to be awesome another day. Uh, the code that she has been given is everyone is lying about one thing. Uh, and then there's like a set of three details within three statements from piece from persons B, C, and D. 
And I have to be honest, this is rated as a three-star difficulty puzzle. There is no way that this is one of the moderately difficult puzzles in this series. I looked at it and I was like, so <laughs> so it's the opposite of the obvious answer, right? <laughs> that was just that was just it. <laughs> so um Did you figure out that the everything everybody is lying about one thing is even part of it though? Yes, because it's like if you just match everything up that's too easy an answer i didn't even clock that it was from b c and d so the first clue where so everyone is like was thing is a little a. bit more moderate then yeah but i knew the answer so okay, <laughs> so i don't think it was that hard Great. a lot of these have just been like okay sure it, i believe you <laughs> i'm very impressed that you're so much smarter than me nick harumph harumph so I'm not I, I'm not going to contradict do, you. By do the way, do you think so. uh, Jessica Fletcher used to do that after she like get stuffed on a hard mission? She go, oh, rump. and they'd be like, <laughs> Mrs. Fletcher, <laughs> this man had a family, <laughs> and she's like, I don't understand how you could kill somebody in a locked room if they were on the other side. Oh, rump. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even sure how you got me as the killer if you didn't like figure out the clues and stuff. So I don't know. I'm just lucky, I guess. I pointed at somebody. You just kind of like a killer's look in your eyes. And fortunately, around here for the police, that's enough. Yeah. They just, you know, like, oh, well, if you think so, okay. Oh, and I, and I saw you do it. <laughs> <laughs> right about that part. <laughs> the, like, the detective's like, you didn't want to bring that up earlier? No, I kind of wanted to solve the mystery. <laughs> And then I decided, nah, this is too hard. I'm bored. <laughs> this <laughs> so. mystery stuff. It's like me every time I play an Ace Attorney game. Like I'm like, I'm gonna solve this mystery. And like part of the way through, I'm like, I don't know. He did it. What's the fucking answer? <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to walk through. It's yeah. fine. So uh, Toshisai looks at the invitations. Like, so this is clearly a trap. And looks at Shutan, the bandage student girl, and uh, who says, "Well, this aligns with your goal, doesn't it?" You don't want Iroha Irohazaka to end up like Shutan, do you? And it's like, how did you end up like that? Because you've been like that since the beginning of the series. Why do you have all those injuries? Someone continuously every night beats her up. <laughs> She's like, oh, man, I, I goes to bed. Oh, man, I can't wait to feel better tomorrow. Wakes up again. Oh, it happened again. <laughs> Jackie Chan sneaking at her window. See you tonight, bitch. <laughs> Oh, Jackie Chan, you're way different than everyone thinks you are. <laughs> it's so weird. I only have fond memories from you and your movies and your TV show. He's like, yeah, but I like to beat up kids at night sometimes. <laughs> In the Cypher Academy universe, I hit kids. That's that's my movie. God. Uh, Iroha shows up in a class to meet with Kagoe, who is like, oh, Iroha, congratulations, you became a class private. I knew you could do it the whole time. Uh, the puzzle that he was given is um, a fraction solving test, but with the everything blotted out, except there are spaces where the fours and eight have circles have have holes in them and that's how you're supposed to determine that it's a math puzzle it seems incredibly unfair and yet it is rated as easier than the one that i was able to solve you didn't solve um, this one you didn't take a look at no <laughs> um so 
there there is an explanation on the next page. It's like, oh well, he kind of just worked his way backwards from the solution. You know, the way that all easy puzzles are solved. So, uh, Iroha has got just this like completely blank smile on his face while Kagoya is like, oh god, job and solving my puzzle and stuff. And and Iroha's like, you know, uh, I have a question for you. So over a third of my classmates had glasses weapons. So who did you actually want to win? <laughs> It's a very funny line. And uh, Kagoe immediately like loses the poker faces. <laughs> and so he was like, okay, if you don't want to answer, I'll just leave. Uh, she's like, oh, fine. No, 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 uh, no, no. You actually were the person I wanted to win, Iroha. And uh, look, uh, as congratulations, I was able to track down the battlefield dancer to their current location. A thing that we have not really touched on in the last like 10 12 chapters quite a while yeah uh but she says like uh but i can't really say too loudly where it is iroha starts dancing um as you would just you know like uh on top of a platform with all the which consisted of all the classroom desks pushed together which doesn't seem very safe, but uh, that's what he dances on. Hero is so light, they don't shift. It just he's, he's, he he's is like a little ballerina. Glad he is thirty. He is thirty-two pounds. Like oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Kogoi says like, okay, so you know that I used to work with with Toshisai uh, as a tech advisor, and he's like, what really? Even though you call her a merchant of death and stuff, and Kogoi's like. All right, fucking fine. Was that? Yeah. So uh, while I was at the military corporation kick attack planning, <laughs> so weird. Uh, she says I, I made all these glasses weapons, which can make people heroes without even having to fight. Uh, so the, all the glass weapons she made while she was in middle school to begin with. Uh, and Zora's like, "Wow, you're like a genius." And she says, "Like, yeah, well, being a genius isn't all it's cracked up to be. Sometimes you have to deal with being a genius." For example, yep. So she goes on to say that, like, yeah, you know, uh, they didn't trust me because I was an outsider. They didn't like give me autonomy over my creations. Uh, and I realized that even if we did manage to win a war, we would never be able to stop all wars. So I acquired one of the passwords that we have here by becoming friends with with Toshisai, but I still need all the others. Then I got recruited by Nohime-san's family, and that's how I ended up working at the Cypher Academy. And it did hurt to betray Toshisai, but I thought it was an invitation that was worth gambling on. Since the 50 billion morgue reward would cover all development costs and I could virtually test the glasses weapons here and also release the five remaining locks. And that's what the other leading privates are for. She says, I had each class analyze one of the passwords while your class was leveling up with glasses weapons. <sighs> so, uh... It was like, oh, that means that all the other classes are really impressive. They were able to, you know, solve those 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 puzzles. Uh, she's like, yes, uh, and there's one that I need, but I'm not going to tell you which one has it. Uh, instead, I need you to become the Code Emperor. And once I complete the glasses weapon, you and I will claim Cipher Academy's crypto assets all for ourselves. <laughs> this series is weird. What a great what a great phrase to say. <laughs> So, you know, she points out, like, hey, the good news is that 
I'll be able to achieve this, but I'll also be able to achieve it twice over if I so desire. I don't know how that works, but whatever. Uh, which means that we can end all wars like you want to. So we were, I was like, okay, so you want me to ask one of the leading privates about the location of the dancer? And she's like, yes, but I can't tell you who has the intel. But I guarantee if you manage to decode them over to your side, you'll become the Code Emperor, the leader of Cypher Academy. And then Toshisai dramatically enters the room, arms crossed. And she says, aren't you forgetting about me? I received an invitation as well. Be from the other leading privates, probably because they want my glasses weapon, which Yurohazaka gave me. Uh, and uh, she explains the puzzle in this one with the lies and everything. It's, so it's very amusing because they note like, oh my gosh, if you hadn't figured that out, we would have gone would have to damaged. the pool all alone. And they're like, yes, the crippling embarrassment of <laughs> going to the pool all alone in the morning would have made us look like absolute fools. She wanted to make asses out of us. They use that to be like, look, these these motherfuckers play differently. And it's yeah. like. I don't know. It sounds like they wanted to make you like do something that isn't in itself embarrassing and then laugh at you for getting a puzzle wrong. And I don't know how that's that much different than every other person at the school. You don't understand. The pool was not ideal temperature for swimming. Oh, <laughs> yeah. the pool sucks in this school. So like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so Toshisai leans over Kago and says, hey, uh, I'm not going to tell or anyone else about the fact that you're a fucking warmonger yet. And in exchange, you're going to let me in on what you've got going on here. And Kagoya's like, I mean, okay, but how would you know about this? And Toshishai just says, I know how you think, especially after all those love letters you sent me in the past. Ooh, tension. So, but she's, she, but she also says, like, in a very, like, nice little moment, like, I don't care about myself. But if you disappoint your Ohazaka, I will drop every non-nuclear weapon I have on your head. <laughs> I Very fine. I feel yeah. the same way, Nick. There's people, if anyone ever bothers you, I want to drop that line on them. Yeah. How many non-nuclear weapons do you have? Do hammers count? I need to keep one yes. hammer. Okay, I need to keep one hammer for Scotia's food, but that's like two other hammers. So I at least have two other hammers. <laughs> All right. Uh, I guess there's actually context there. You need <laughs> the I, number of hammers you have. Well, I don't give. I don't feed my dog hammers. Is what I use a hammer to make her food because she has to take a pill, but it's too big for her to take. So oh, smash the okay. We call it a hammer meal here, uh, and. Uh, I don't feed my dog hammers. It's what I really want to be clear <laughs> and like upfront about. Good God. Okay. So, uh, is just like, you know, really excited about this. Like, oh, wow, the three of us are going to team up. So, oh, Toshisai san, do you mind if we do that thing that you always do? And Toshisai's like, it's not something that just anyone can do. But if you insist, and Gogo's like, no, no, not that. No. <laughs> No! No! And then the next page is a full page spread of the three of them doing a Toshisai group pose, and Yuro's in Euro's there like, yeah! And Kagoe is like, I don't like doing what this. What am I supposed <laughs> to do? It's so embarrassing. It's so fucking elegant and cool. What a great, like, end of a chapter. Uh, and we immediately just, like, are just told straight up, yeah, Yuro is really happy about this. Toshisai is like, yeah, 
Uh, I am not going to let anything suspicious happen here. And Kagoe is just like, this is going to make it really hard when I inevitably betray them both. <laughs> like making no illusions about it to herself in her internal monologue. Uh, yeah, a weird little chapter of, of Cypher Academy, but so many of them are. So, yeah. So I really, I really was like, how can, can I do the, the finger pose? You just can't. Her fingers are magical. Yeah. Well, they're also like an inch longer than a finger would normally be. Anyway, <laughs> they're very long fingers. Yes. Uh, okay, guys. It's uh, chapter three of Do Retry. Next qualifications. More like do retry to get a nap in during this recap. All right. Um, so I've been abandoned. So uh, our uh, our boy has decided that he'll box for the Yakuza and stuff. I was going to say that can't be very comfortable. Leaving that. I feel like that <laughs> uh, and uh, so like, all right, well, if you're going to represent our gang, you got to get cleaned up uh, a little bit. Uh, and then he's like, it's been three days since I came here. So when can I start making money boxing? And they're like, do you remember the place I brought you when we first met? Yeah, that's the Ento Fighting Association. It's a secret boxing tournament run by the GHQ in Japan's wealthiest, the biggest stage you could ever dream of. Uh, we primarily fight over there in order to make money. He's like, well, then I need to go there. He's like, no, 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 too hasty. First, you need to be a member of the organization. Not just anyone can stand in the ring. You can't be put into any matches unless you have a membership card, which has been issued by the organization. That's the rules. So he's like, oh, it's going to take even longer for me to go there. And the scarred asshole who beat him up last chapter picks him up and goes, you could be a member right now. And so he immediately takes him off. Uh, he's like, uh, okay, so in order to get you a membership card, there's a limited number of memberships given out at any one time. Only 120 people can be members, and there's 120 members right now. And they don't issue new ones, so you got to steal one yourself. And he kicks open a door, and there is another Yakuza group, the Kirara group, that is all just standing around smoking. Mm. And uh, so uh, he walks in. Some of the other Yakuza are like, what do you want? You want to fight? And uh, Kuroiwa, uh, the scarred asshole Yakuza guy, just steps right up and literally just puts his head against one of the guy's guns and is like, give me your membership card and then I'll and then I'll call it even for that shit that you were doing before and stuff. Uh, and blah, blah, blah. Have a match with this kid if he beats you, then hand it over. Yeah. So like, okay. You're going to have to face off against our champion. Scotty Goldman. <laughs> He's getting a lot of uh, money. <laughs> so, uh, again, to a fight. Uh, like, all right, it's a fair and square match. Uh, shake hands. He shakes hands, and oh, look, the guy. He was hiding the. He was hiding the, 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 the thing in his palm that had freaking tax in it. Oh, that bastard! And he's like, oh yeah, you know, it's totally fair during the match. Uh, but not beforehand and he goes and complains to Kuroyo who slaps him across the face like a good boy does and it's like the fight starts even before the match begins never trust your opponent or you'll be preyed upon uh, and then he starts getting you can just up. cheat in this league you just can so he starts getting punched and they're like oh we put an iron plate in his glove Ooh. and they start punching the kid and like yeah this is how we fight we bend the rules no kick caught and that's how we make our money and Kuro is like yeah each member has their own means of winning 
Sometimes cheating is a method. Sometimes cheating. And sometimes just punching the other guy. And so sometimes you can't just play straight and narrow and win. You've got to find your own way of winning. So he puts on the boxing gloves for once and he's like, all right, I can't stand it. I'm going to take you head on. And he like turtles up and he starts approaching. He starts punching the guy. And it doesn't matter how much the guy you know tries to punch him. He just kind of like guards and blocks and just keeps on pushing forward while grinning insanely. And eventually the guy's like, why is this guy not scared? Ah, it's like, why do I feel so powerless? And he imagines it as if he's like beating up a skeleton. And then the skeleton keeps getting up and attacking him, which would be a neat visual if it got any focus. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's really crammed into the space that it appears. And then uh, he just gets intimidated, leaves an opening, gets punched in the face, knocked over. I got my membership card. Da, 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 da. Uh, and he's like, now I can make boxing money. Yeah. And Crow is like, yeah, don't. But don't tell me that guy gave you being him, gave you confidence because he was a wimp. And we see the guy's going to just get shot. They're going to kill Scotty Goldman, Nick. Yep. Uh, Scotty Goldman is dead. Uh, and um, he's done, and uh, oh. like, yeah, let's celebrate with some white rice, and that's the end of the chapter. Damn, R.I.P. Scotty Goldman. Yeah, um, can't call the episode that. Uh, <laughs> Nick, it's the three chapters that do reach. Oh man, that guy got that guy got shot in the head. That gives a new meaning to the phrase "boom boom cabana." Hmm. Damn, there you go. Uh, it's chapter three. We've now read three chapters of the series. We had to decide if we're going to keep it in the recap or not. Um, I don't think it's a huge shock for me to say. I, I don't think so. Uh, I just have not gotten attached to this series at all. Um, I wish... I, I, like, it's weird. It, it feels like it should be really interesting to me. Um, but I guess there's still just... Like, I don't know, like a, a randomness to it that Bone Collection also had, where, like, things will just kind of abruptly happen. And he said, like, there's there's cool ideas that don't get, like, dwelled upon enough. Like, the idea he's a skeleton rising from the dead over and over again should have been something that got in a lot more play. Um, the art's great, I will say that. The art's, mm-hmm. I think, a lot better than uh, Bone Collection. Um, but, yeah, I'm just not feeling anything with this series. I'm sorry. Yeah, I um, I feel as if this this series has gotten just kind of less interesting chapter by chapter since the first one. I don't think that it's bad. I just think that it is kind of just there, uh, and it feels as though it's you know it, it's a boxing series that has a gimmick to it to set it apart. But it feels like we're not really effectively showcasing that despite the fact that there was definitely an attempt to do so in this one i like the idea on paper of oh you know this is not just a boxing organization this is an underground boxing organization you can't count on things being as straightforward as they would be in a more above board type of place you're going to have to deal with cheating you're going to have to deal with people trying to sabotage you before a match that's you know an interesting you know, pitch that could lead to some interesting things happening, but it's just that like this was not gripping for whatever reason. Uh, we've had you know three different chapters with three different fist fights, and the most intense, interesting one was just in the first one, and it's just kind of been diminishing returns since then. And none of the characters are all that interesting either. So, yeah. is that too? 
Maybe uh, this will get better, but uh, we won't be covering it for a little while. Yes. Um, yeah, sorry, guys. Uh, I, I wish the best for it. Now, of course, we will be discussing one more chapter beyond this for everyone's new favorite hit series, New Sexorcist. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's chapter two of New Ways Exorcist. I'm going to leave a big pause there. <laughs> new Sexorcist. I got it, Nick. Um, I knew things were bad from this color spread. Uh, because or the color page because previously I I recognized like okay you're going with like hot girl um you know mysterious character or whatnot right but the art on this cow like her legs are so razor thin and then her breasts she, her are feet. literally the size of her head her feet disappear at the bottom of this image. I was like, oh no, not that way. Not like this. Yeah, you can't be doing that, guys. People like girls' legs. You gotta gotta not, you can't just go like, she's got boobs, no one will pay attention. People look at the whole thing. It does feel like this is someone who lost interest in this character the further down on her she got. They're like, uh, da, 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 da. I hit the waist. I just don't have whatever. Shush, 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 and done. I like the way that her uh, that her like uh, her top kind of has a trail to it. It looks that that's kind of a nice thing. But anyway, we're this not going to hear that. This up. is a compliment yeah, sandwich, but... Nick. We don't we don't need to. We yeah, can just yeah, be so, mean. Uh, so uh, or nice. I prefer if we were nice. Yajima has had his first encounter with Nue. He got his he got his Soul Reaper powers and stuff last chapter. Uh, and the whole classroom blew up when that demon thing attacked and he goes back to class the next day and he's like, everything's fucking back to normal. What the hell happened? And he looks at what the bully who, you know, got his arm blown off by the spirit and is like, wait, what? His arm's back. What the hell happened after I beat that spirit? Uh, so, um, he goes out in the hall because he's been told by the bully to go and get to go for stuff for him again. And he runs into Nui, who is in disguise as a student. Uh, I think that she is. Her skirt might be shorter than all the other girls. It's hard to tell. Uh, but uh, so she's like, oh, yeah, hey, yeah, I'm a- this isn't actually my, my full appearance. This is a clone that can walk around the campus while you're in school. So I'm, I'm actually able to do this thanks to you. So thanks. And uh, so he's like, hey, so the classroom's fixed. The students are healed and no one can remember what happened. And she says that, yeah, that actually wasn't me. That was the work of exorcists. Uh, I've been the only one protecting the school up to now, but now I've got some help. Uh, This town is special because it's festering with spirits and the exorcists operate in secrecy to keep the spirits within the confines of this town. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. And he's like, anyway, uh, let's go play some games. <laughs> All this very important information. Yeah, let's I go was play like, games. Suddenly there's like a new lord of this world that's like interesting. Like, yes, this is a town full of exorcists. This is a town of magic. Fuck it. Let's, we got to play uh, fucking Yu-Gi-Oh or some shit. Yeah. Uh, so Yajima thinks himself like, oh, I've got to go and run favors to these guys. And he's like, wait a minute. Why am I thinking that way? This girl has given me this amazing power. 
why am I still focused on that kind of stuff? I should like make a stand. That's what she would want me to do, right? Meanwhile, Nui has just grabbed his arm and is like, let's go play games. <laughs> so, uh, of course, people see Yajima getting, you know, dragged around by this tall, beautiful girl. Uh, and and uh, so they, 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 that happens. People, they go and play uh, card games in a, in a world and there's just like a great you know, experienced player asshole moment where they're where Yajima is just learning the rules of the game, and he's like, "Oh, okay, so your side went to zero, which means that I lose." Like, yeah, that's right. Okay, I get it. Oh, well, I've got no more cards to draw, so this time I lose. Yeah, okay. Now I can actually take you on seriously. Recreating <laughs> 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 the last games. Um, so. Uh, Yajima does bring up like I'm surprised that you know all this modern pop culture stuff and she says yeah I just like you know the entertainment that humans invent uh, and Yajima says well I, I get why you want to protect people then because you want to preserve all that but she says that's true but also I like humans uh, and I'm grateful to you because you know yesterday the tool that was meant for gathering spirits broke and I believe there's going to be an even greater surge in spirit activity at the school. Uh, so I need you, whenever spirits show up, to defeat them. Although it is dangerous to suddenly use the power repeatedly. So we'll try not to use your spare power today. Uh, and instead, just like, you know, have a have a good school life today. Uh, anyway, let's go to your classroom. <laughs> and Nedrim was like, wait, you're, you're going to come to my class? And she's like, yeah, even if they find out, it should be okay. But for right now, we'll tell them I'm your older sister who's not related by blood. Why does, a very specific thing. Why do you not need to be related by blood? Why can't I just be, say that you're my older sister? Because when they show up, everyone goes, Who was that hot girl you were with this morning, Yajima? And Yajima's like, It's my sister who's not related by blood. <laughs> it's such a weird thing. Like It's like he knows that he's like, I need to be attracted to you in the story I told my friends. <laughs> like that's the I only guess. reason why you'd add that little bit in there unless they're just like no, they don't they don't look enough alike or something like that or like oh, her name's not going to be that but like or she could just make up any name. You're using magic mind altering sexorcist powers, aren't you? Yep. So they're immediately like, what is so hot that you've got a cool older sister who's not related by blood? <sighs> All right. Um, we're just going with that. Yep. Every, everyone in the school is like, I love incest. <laughs> just immediately. <laughs> they don't so, say that explicitly, but yeah, I do like to think. They're, they're, not, very, each, they're not being very coy about each it. Each one of them is like, oh, I wish my sister was so hot and definitely not, not related to my blood. <laughs> So the asshole bully guy is being like, you should introduce me to your hot sister who's not related by blood. And Yajima's like, I can't. I'm just her disciple. And they're like, wait, what What the fuck are you saying? And immediately Nui shows up and she's like, you forgot something, Gakuro. I had to bring it to you. The card expansion pack, Patriot Nemesis, which is a great name for a trading card game expansion I pack. do. It, it is right on the nose. But again, this is all these things. Like, look at the art here. Why does she look so long? Why is her She's art? so tall all of a sudden. Uh, so everyone's like, oh my god! And she, she like really cares about her brother and stuff. 
Uh, and she immediately approaches the bully and is like, oh, are you Gakuro's friend? I'm glad to see you get along with him. And was like, Ugh. and <laughs> Yajima looks and realizes like, oh, man, the bully guy, his heartbeats got louder. Oh, man, he got really turned on by my not sister who's not related by blood. <laughs> He's like, she's not related by blood. Thump, 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 thump. Uh, <laughs> that was the only detail I needed. And astonishingly, immediately, Nue, the cool, attractive, slightly older girl, wins over the class without ha- even trying to. It's like, and everyone's like, oh, how did this happen? It's like, because, because they're horny teenagers, it is <laughs> not actually impressive at all that this happened. It's weird because, like, we see shots of other girls in this classroom, but, like, None of their reactions. She's like one over the classroom exclusively through the boys. Like, I'd like to think like one of the girls is just like, why do you keep saying she's not related by blood? Why is that a thing you're saying? And like, like look, that's not special. All of us, all of us are older sisters who aren't related to our brothers by blood. <laughs> oh, no, this is the horny class. This is the sexorcists. <laughs> That's why, and that's why there's a washing machine in the corner of the class. Oh no! <laughs> Real brother who I'm not related to by blood. I'm stuck. Uh, so Yajima's like, "Oh, this is great. Everyone's thinking about how hot my not sister is. That they, none of them are going to attract spirits with their bad vibes and juju <laughs> because uh, horniness is not a bad vibe." It's a good, it's a good energy that we're putting out. Rampant, horny. All these guys who are fantasizing over my not related by blood sister are really bringing up the energy in this room. Let me tell you something, guys. The best way to make sure that your house is not beset upon by evil spirits, misogyny, and objectification of the opposite sex. <laughs> the teacher shows up. He's very obviously possessed by a spirit from the word go. He sees Nui in there, uh, and Nui starts to try and explain herself, and actually does so kind of politely, and by saying, "Oh, I'm sorry, I was just..." Saying, and the teacher's like, "I asked who you are. What are you?" <laughs> and everyone's like, "No, teacher, it's okay. She's not related <laughs> to him by blood." <laughs> then he stops. He's like, "Hot." I mean, okay, <laughs> everyone take your seats. Let's start math. So, um, he lunges for her. I believe the implication is that he realizes that Nui is, you know, not a yes. human because he's possessed. Yajima intercepts him, gets in the way, and tries to hold him back. Uh, and all the other students are like, you care for her, too? <laughs> they're, the explanation they gave you was that they're brother and sister. Yes, he cares for her. <laughs> so funny Zeno who was like everyone's favorite character last week's like you really care for your sister too huh but like yeah bitch she's my sister albeit not related by blood <laughs> no it's so hot let me help you buddy <laughs> he does he fucking runs up and starts sumo grabbing this guy literally the entire class is like yeah push him away from push him away from Ajima's hot older sister who's not related by blood yeah. and they get so carried away no. with it, they push him through the window like alright gang on three one two three not related to my blood <laughs> and then they heave him to his death 
Oh God! Yajima falls out through this through the window as well. So Nui is just like, yeah, do it now!" So he has to unleash his powers. Uh, this also draws out the spirit from the teacher's body, and he goes Rah! And while they're falling through midair, he cuts it with his sword thing, uh, and he realizes, like, "Oh shit! The teacher's gonna fall to his fucking death." Nui just appears down uh, on the ground below them because you know. This isn't a physical body that she's got. It's her spirit body that she can just send around everywhere. And she just catches him casually by the top of his head and holds him bounced perfectly there. Um, and uh, yeah, so saves his life. Uh, and the teacher comes back and I was like, oh my God, I don't really know what happened. But Yajma, holy shit, you jumped out through the window to save him. That's pretty cool. I thought you were just a weird guy who loved being a lackey, but you're actually awesome. You actually rule, dude. And then Nui grabs him and immediately right into the boobs. And everyone's like, no! Like, Whoa, not him! <laughs> guys, guys, it's okay. They're not blood-related. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, Yajima kind of pushed himself too hard. So that's why she was like, you need to go to bed in my boobs. And uh, he wakes up in the secret room that only he has access to and she's like that pillow you need to replenish your power stay like this and feed off of my I don't know spirit sex energy my or thigh energy my thigh yeah. energy uh, and so she's like yeah uh, the, your output's uh, pretty huge and you run out of energy fast so we'll just do this every time you have to use it and Yajim's like does this mean that every time I use that power I have to do this oh so uh uh that happens and uh but she's also you know pats by the head and is like congrats on doing your best and uh she he's like no if new i hadn't been here today oh i can do better she smells nice <laughs> I was gonna say, we can't forget that he ends the chapter i mean like she smells good <laughs> oh man i i very strongly feel from this chapter after we got through the first one which look was not perfect it was kind of one of those things where it's like well this doesn't look especially memorable but hey there's some you know kind of nice moments it feels like there might be some you know promise here like based on the way the like zeno was portrayed in that chapter and stuff but now this one just gives me this the, the feeling that kota kawei seems to only have confidence in the character that he has designed being hot. That seems to be the only thing that they're really throwing out right now. Mm. And look, even if a hot character was enough for me to want to read a series, there's so many of them out there. Good dude. I, that that's not going to be a unique selling point for your, for your series. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I feel bad because last week I was kind of like cautiously optimistic on this series. I didn't think it had like much of a chance. It, you know, exorcism is, is a tough field. But I was like, there's maybe a little something in here. This chapter, I felt none of that. It felt so much more rote. The art is is really bad, especially Nue, who is like, what you're kind of vocally centerpiecing everything in here around. Like her proportions just keep changing so frequently and yeah. look actually good so i think that's a real detriment in the series where you're kind of heavily weighing this on like look at this waifu mm. ghost girl we have um we just joked about it but yeah it's just a very silly chapter it's not like 
aggressively horny. It's unlike, you know, you see like her like butt a bunch or something like that, but it's just no. like, dumb. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's just a very goofy, dumb chapter that really didn't leave a strong impression. I mean, it made it for a bunch of funny jokes, but. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this chapter, uh, this, this episode is now definitely called not <laughs> related by blood or whatever, but. Yeah. Uh, okay, guys. Um, yeah. Speaking of sex appeal, I guess. Uh, look, Shunseki, he was just, he was just buying his time. And now we've got a chapter where uh, uh, Karai is in a bikini. Um, admittedly, though. For the kind of stuff that we have seen from Shinseki in the past, she might actually, as well, have just been wearing a sweater for this chapter. I was going to say, as far as, like, yeah, what we normally get, which, again, is not, like, a great standard, but there was definitely me being, like, you know, I expected this to be a lot worse. (laughs) And I guess I'm pleasantly surprised it was uh, mildly tame. So, last time, uh, uh, so Karai had gone out with uh, Hajime in order to do location scouting for them shooting the shore. Uh, but she just decided that she needs to do to really connect with the character of Nagi some more. So she has put on a bikini and is going to go out and like feel go do what it feel like to be like, oh, I'm going to go and, you know, like play on the beach because we there's going to be a scene where Nagisa is on the beach, you know, going yeah. splashed around the water and stuff. Uh, but as she goes out, just like trekking, like 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 she's a freaking on a mission to go out and do this. I was just like, "Oh, you're 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 exposing yourself too much out here." And she's like, "You're right. I'll reapply my sunscreen." <laughs> she's just <laughs> so diligent. Uh, it's 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 nice. Um, and uh, so she says, "He says, like, look, you don't have to do this." She says, "No, I've got to figure out Nagisa. This is necessary." Uh, and so this won't take long. She takes her hair out of its tie, which honestly is drawn possibly more sexually than any actual shot of her, <laughs> of her body in this chapter. Um, and, and it's the thing that really gets Hajime embarrassed. Like, oh my God, she let her hair down. Uh, so, you know, while she's doing this, Karai is just thinking to herself, like, I guess a frolics in the waves. What kind of person are you? And she's got her eyes closed as she's concentrating. And she, her face changes. She just makes a different expression than she has made. Her eyes are very bright uh, while she's trying to connect with this character. And Hajime immediately realized, like, she's, like, a different person right now. And the way that she's, like, carrying herself and making expressions is very obviously different from everything that we've seen from Karai so far. It's actually a very good demonstration of like, no, she is playing a character right now. She is acting! So, he starts to get caught up in this, and he's like, keep going. See where it goes. Show me Nagisa. And he takes out his camera phone and is like, Karai, yeah, keep going. Let's do a test run for a different scene as well. Where we'll try out scene one, which is also at the beach. And in this scene, a young girl lies in the shallows of, and as the rippling tide with a, a single tear is going down each cheek. And he starts shooting, he's like, okay, action. And so Karai lies back in the water, and, and Tenmaku is watching the two of them doing this. And 
immediately Karai just starts crying. Like she was you know, all happy and bubbly before and immediately she, her face is like all tortured and squidged up. She's got tears coming down her eyes. Uh, and so there we like, holy shit, you know, this, she's apparently like completely embodying this role because she just completely switched between emotions uh, immediately. So they go back uh, afterwards. Uh, they're they're starting to head uh, home, and uh, Hajime has got his shoes in a plastic bag because he got caught up in the moment and rushed out into the shallows while wearing his shoes, which is a nice touch. Um, and uh, he's obviously trouble, so Cry asks him about it, and he says, "Like I'm just kind of overwhelmed because you know you're acting those tears," and she says, "Hey, don't be silly." The fact that I did that is because you evoked that as the director. You reacted to my performance. You gave me instructions and you helped me get closer to the role. And Tanaku chimes in and he says, like, yeah, that's something the legit director does. Just going running into the waves with your shoes on, with your camera ready to go. Uh Karai also has a flyer that she presents to Hajime for the... Apiaransu student film contest and he's like oh it's that time of year already yeah wow there's this there's this prestigious award that goes to to you know successful young talent i love watching the series every year do you follow it too karai yeah i registered us <laughs> and I, <laughs> to me it's like what <laughs> <That's great. laughs> i love anytime they nail those beats just right just can't believe it so much what? And, uh, yeah yeah, so Karai's like, yeah, we're going to enter the contest with the shore. And she says, yeah, let's show the world your talent, Shinichi. The audiences will be blown away by the shore's sophistication, and then my agency won't be able to say no to that. And I love that. I love this for a couple of reasons. One is that we've got, like, a harder deadline that's going on. There's this pressure, there's stakes, because, like, hey, if this doesn't go well, then it's possible that the best actor that, that Hajime has contact with he won't be allowed to work with if this doesn't go any anywhere uh there are you know solid stakes of like it's not just making a film it's like we're going to like try and enter a contest and that means that there's a lot more pressure for it to be good because people are going to actually see it and judge it uh and also i like that it fits into with karai's direct approach to every problem which is just like it'll be fine <laughs> if we just do this um and immediately, it's an amateur film contest, so it's a pretty, pretty good fit. But he's like, no, no, I, I look, no, this is getting out of hand. I haven't even written the script, so I, this isn't right. So, and he objects to it, and Tenmaku just grabs him around from behind and forces him to nod his head. He's like, oh, it's fine, it's fine. So, you're in it now. Yeah. And uh, he explains to Hajime, like, hey, think of it this way. My script's now going to become a beautiful movie, and it'll be critically acclaimed. Once I have that satisfaction, I'm sure I'll be able to pass on. And Hajime's like, I absolutely do not believe that that's what's going to happen. He's <laughs> like, all right, fine, fine, we'll do it. So maybe it'll work. And and he's actually just like yells at Tenmaku, get ready to kiss this world goodbye. And Karai's like, yeah, the movie will be so good, people will leave the mortal plane. That's the spirit. <laughs> just meeting his energy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great attitude. Just really mean it. Like, I don't understand, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so but so they head back home and Hajime, you know, starts to get excited about the idea because like, yeah, 
and the next time we come back, we'll be coming with the whole team and we'll get to shoot the last scene the way that we imagined it that day. We're going to shoot it. And he actually starts to get, you know, kind of excited about the idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we cut to uh, several days later as the entire team is going out to try and shoot this movie. And Hajime is like leading the charge with people. They've got sound equipment and stuff. And they're like, oh, shit, uh, let's get matching staff T-shirts and stuff. And Hajime's like, focus, everyone focus. So, yeah, um, I look forward to things starting to go wrong soon <laughs> for yeah, their first I, movie project. I look forward to Tenmaku and the uh, Tamaku uh, Himiki and the rest of the Polaris Storm crew uh, really making a fun movie together. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like I can't help but look at these people and be like, I don't think I'm supposed to remember any one of these people as the series goes along. I can't even believe you remembered the name Polaris. <laughs> <laughs> um, this chapter is great. I think Hemeki looks super cool during it. Uh, it does capture a feeling of like acting, not so much directing because we don't actually really get to see Tenmaku actually give any direction. But I do love seeing that he has that attitude of like, yeah, he's going to jump straight into the water with this camera because something great is happening before him. And he's like, this needs to be filmed or whatever. And I think there's just like this. This more than any other chapter so far has made me feel like this gets some of the joy of filmmaking and yeah, like what the, that craft is and what it what makes it so good yeah the the chemistry that's involved in it the fact that it's different creative elements that combine together from different people to make magic happen that that i think that carried it across very well yeah. this was definitely a really nice chapter yes let's talk about mashal let's talk about mashal nick this is chapter 156 mash burn dead and the magical barrage so, uh, Mash, last time, took the full brunt of one of it zeros, I don't know what he calls a dark energy beam, something like that. He basically takes it, blocks it so nobody else gets hurt, uh, and then he activates Rockley mode. I don't know, I think it has a name, but basically he drops his weights, he's like, I'm faster now, I'm gonna get close enough to, to get to this guy. But Innocent Zero is just too strong, he just points his little wand and boom sends an energy beam and he just keeps doing it mash tries to like dodge he's like preparing he's like storing the energy in his flick stronger and stronger he does do the cool like swivels out of the way of the energy beam attack but that just gets hit by another one but he keeps getting back up and the entire time innocent zero just keeps going like you can't why do you bother i'm clearly superior um finn has a moment of kind of like acknowledging like this isn't good. Mash is is strong, but he can't do anything. He can't get close to this guy because he keeps getting knocked away. Um, like it just it, it's not gonna work. And the rest of us are spent. Like this is a guy who can shoot these things at will and he can control time. There's just nothing we can do. This is the end. And we see Mash still still storing up his flick. Gets blasted away. Still stands up uh you know we get a little a little taunt from innocent zero by being like you dare try again a mere flick is not enough to overcome my magic uh and we see mash is like preparing it and he starts flashing through all of his friends he sees his dad he sees the uh the different wands and Millie duel he sees his friends and i was a little sad i was like oh we don't get to see like 
Margaret and all them, but we'll get to that. Nope. Nope. Um, they're not here, Quinn. Yeah, they're they're not, not in the flashback. Nope. And he's about to send his big thing. And Master says, I just have to get close. Uh, Melia Duel watching and she's like, yeah, he's, he's clearly holding this all together for just like one attack. But this big beam's coming. And it's like, no, he's not going to get make it. He's going to get hit by this attack. But suddenly the beam suddenly like, just completely diverts like 180 or not 180, I guess what, 90 degree turns. And we see Innocent Zero's arm is like being held out to the side and he's shaking. He's like, my arm moved on its own. Crack. <laughs> he doesn't say it, but I wanted to make it broke on its own too. <laughs> uh, his arm is broken. He's like, who could do this? And we just hear somebody say, I understand. You need help reaching him? Then allow us to assist you, Mashburn Dead. And who should arrive, Nick? But Lord Abel, Abyss Rager, Margaret Macaron, Carpaccio Lu Yang, and Levis Rose Quartzen, all of Mash's former antagonists are here to help him reach Innocent Zero. It's a nice moment. This is so it's... fucking hype. I got yeah, so excited. I mean, I, yeah, it's been a while since we've seen a lot of these, uh, a lot of these people in action, and it's nice that they get to have a big... Uh, a uh, big appearance uh, for the big climactic battle. So it did feel like I felt like at some point we were definitely going to see Carpaccio Lu Yang do something, but I was like, it's weird that like it is they're like uh, Lord Abel, Abyss Razor, and Margaret aren't doing anything when they were already established to be kind of allies mm-hmm. to Mash. Yeah. So um, yeah, we're gonna see. Yeah. So let's see what they do next time. I guess. Guys, let's do the Elusive Samurai. It's chapter 110, History 1335. Tokiyuki and company are forced to flee while Yorishige uh, sacrifices himself so that uh, everyone will, you know, fucking, like, be able to get away. So, uh, Yorishige is led into a room by Moritaka, who I'm... I definitely remember this guy. He's just that guy who's just kind of always around, basically. (laughs) So uh, he says, like, yeah, so all these warriors fell yesterday, and one of them is a Hojo child of Tokyuki-sama's age. So Yoroshige says to himself, Tokyuki's elusiveness must become legend so that his allies did not die in vain. And so he lays down with, uh, and he's got a, a dagger, and he's like, Moritaka, thank you for staying until the end. In the future, you would have excelled as a commentator. Yeah. You know, for all those times that Moritaka would comment on things, like the one time that that happened, I think, in this series. Uh, so he says, you know, like, just narrate my final moments. And Moritaka says of Yorishige, he was a god, loyal in life and death. I need say no more. And as Yorishige just, you know, slashes his throat with a knife, uh, he there is narration that says, what was the main reason that Yorishige rose against the Ashikaka? The circumstances of his death suggest nothing so much as fierce loyalty. And uh, so the uh, Takaoji and his forces come across this you know, temple where all these soldiers are laying dead. Their skin has been removed from the face. Lovely. So they can't be identified. But Ashikaga is, is like, you know, well, I mean, that one's obviously Yorishige because yeah. I recognize his wounds. But they're like, hmm, okay, so we won, but all right. And so Ashikaga acts all confident, like, ah, oh, 
It was crafted to the end. History will name this the Sua Yoshige War. And he walks outside. He's like, but, you know, job's done, job's done. He goes out, immediately runs into a wounded foot soldier who's just got, like, a, a sword hole right in the middle of his of his abs. And he's like, oh, shall I examine your wound? Like, oh, my lord, I'm not worthy. Wow, you got this wound here, and yet it missed your intestines. How blessed you are. I shall grant you a reward for your success and fortune in battle. After all, we are clanmates. And he's like, oh, I'm so glad I fought the Nakasendai War. It's very funny. The moment you said that, you're like, mm, Nakasendai? He's Nakasendai? <laughs> what, what, what's the, what, what did you say? Nakasendai? It's like, well, oh, yes. I feel you like see? the vibe kind of changed when I said the Nakasendai War. I don't know if I should explain what I mean. So, no, 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 no. You know what? I don't need a reward. I'm just going to get on out of here. You really no, 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 you're gonna fucking stay right here. No, no, no. What do you mean, Sanaka Sunday? Sanaka Sunday? What do you mean, Sanaka Sunday? I don't want to. I really would like to go home. Right now. Uh, yeah, what, you, what you'd like is for your intestines to be exploded out of you. <laughs> So he's a uh, Nakasendai. There's, there's, there's soldiers who talk called the Hojo boy like Nakasendai because they're like, oh, wow, the rescue he did was awe inspiring. No wonder Suomyojin followed him and stuff. What's his name? And so they're like, oh, we need to give him an impactful name. So he's like, well, he was the heir to the previous ruler, but not the current ruler. So he's Nakasendai, the ruler in between. Uh, and so they call him Nakasendai and they call this the Nakasendai. Ah! Ow! My, my lord? Why, 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 what, what you doing there? Why, why are you sticking your... Why are you doing this? Why, why are you putting your fingers in my wound? That's where my intestines are. Oh, there are my intestines right there! Oh, they're everywhere! Uh, and yeah, as Takauji just remembers being led in a mocking chase of Tokiyuki, he puts his fingers in this quarter in diameter slot in the guy's stomach and just fully explodes him. <laughs> the guy is very dead. I love it because, of course, like, it can't be too gratuitous. I mean, this is very graphic, but, like, he has a very silly face. Like, ah! And I, I just, it's, it's, I don't know why. It, like, I guess this is that level of, um, uh, Matsui, that's really just great. Where you're just like so spontaneously violent for all of a sudden, you're like, holy shit. And uh, apparently, yes, Nakasendai becomes like Tokiyuki's title, like his, uh, the thing that he would go by uh, in the future. Uh, and so, yeah, this is like, oh, this is crazy. You know, no one viewed him as just being a puppet for Yorishige. Even Suomyojin's name paled in comparison. And Yorishige's spirit, since he has just died, kind of just sits on the temple watching, you know, the Takauji's army go away. And he, he thinks to himself, I foresee a future that scarcely remembers your name aside from this single conflict. Yet I also see that if you struggle and survive, it will have an impact on history. Remembrance matters not. You are free to live however you please. The culmination of everything that people strive for is what constitutes history. And he, like, gathers up Tokyuki's life in, like, a set of photographs and just, like, puts them on 
a giant mountain of photographs of like all sorts of just moments throughout history, just small moments. Like there's, you know, some battles, but there's also like, you know, just a family walking together. There's a person, there's a person like excited that they got into school and, mm. and stuff. It's like, this is what history is. It's just everything that everyone has ever lived through. It's a nice, nice little moment. Yeah. Um, and so Yoroshige thinks to himself, spend your days as you wish. Tokiyuki, my child. A be- beautiful, lovely, uh, full page spread of Tokiyuki watching like the heavens open up above him as Yoroshige's spirit departs. But that's not the end of the chapter just yet. Uh, we basically just get a little bit of a wrap up of like, hey, all of Tokiyuki's forces have dwindled. And now he is just accompanied by the group that he started with. Shizuku, Kojiro, and Ayako, and Genba. Not even Fubuki's there. It's just the five of them right now. So unfettered, he has to choose his own path. And Tokiyuki thinks to himself as they set off to Kaoji, only you remain. And they get in a boat and they start going across a river in order to get to the next leg of their journey. And we are told the story was just beginning of the boy who still challenged the heavens. So it felt like a very sudden conclusion to a part, a big part of the story happened rather rapidly over the last couple of months. Uh, But that being said, I am excited to see what could happen next because a big problem that I've had with the Samurai in the last little while is there's been a lot of characters I don't give a shit about. And we are supposed to like know who they are and care about them when they are introduced and then die two chapters later. And this one is like, oh, we're just down to the five characters that actually matter. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're at the characters we care about, um, which is good. Like, I mean, like, look, I again, I don't like pay attention super closely to the historical stuff, but I guess this is starting to like tie to some stuff. Um, I don't know too specific. I think I also heard somebody say that like Tokiyuki fights uh, Chicago again at some point, so. You know, we were right. building towards that. But I, I, I thought this was cute. I, I should say cute. This was really emotional. It was sweet. It was it was nice to see Yoroshige, like, like, I care about you, go off, him and his friends heading off. I don't know. It worked. Yeah. All right. We're back with Black Clover. Yes. Remember, right. what happened, remember what happened last time? We were having a fire battle, and it was like, oh, Mario Leona, is she going to survive? Is that what we find out this chapter? Nope. No. Water battle. Now, Nick, this is Black Clover page 359. The dancing princess of the battlefield returns. And we open with Aishier, who we saw was revived. And she is stabbed Nozelle. And she's like, you've grown strong, but this is as far as you can go. Nick, this is this is the captain of the Silver Eagles, and she's already beaten him. Uh, yep. She is kind of hovering over their base. Everyone is defeated. The various different... Uh, what are they, what's the family name? Silva? The Silva family the siblings yeah. are just in disarray. They're all crying because they're like, we're so fucked right now. Uh, Aishier is just like, oh, you two, you had the capacity to grow stronger to the two like super city siblings, but you, you decided to be prejudiced dickheads and it fucked you. Oh, if I hadn't died, maybe it'd be better. Oh, well, turn into angels and it'll all be better. <laughs> Everyone will be equal then. Um, one of them thinks, like, maybe this is the right move. But uh, if, uh, Noelle shows up. And I don't know. 
And oh. she's like, she's like, Solid, don't say that. Your name is Solid Silva. Be a cooler character <laughs> yeah. with a name like that. <laughs> I like it because the perspective is from down above, but like in my mind, I can't think, but she's like got like this squat attitude, like she's like dating DeVito height right now. <laughs> she does kind of look like that just because the the, the, the perspective creates a weird forces show. them together. Yeah. yeah, a weird illusion. But like, yeah, like think she's like, don't worry, Noel, I got uh, <laughs> solid. I got you. Um, I'm gonna go up there and I'm gonna kick our mom's ass. <laughs> <laughs> solid, get out you an egg in this trying time. Uh, we we see Asher is just like, oh, you look just like I did when I was your age. If you die, then we'll be reborn together. And Noelle's just like, look, I only got to see her once as, like, a soul, but I'm sure that was Mary, our mother. And you may be Aesir Silver, but I, you're not my mom. I don't know who you are, but you're just somebody we have to defeat and surpass. It's a pretty cool moment, yes. honestly. Yeah. We cut to a flashback uh, because uh, Nozelle is just like, hell, but how could she possibly have gotten stronger? Uh, where Noelle is crying looking at the ocean because she thinks Asta is dead and she notes that she can't use Saint Stage anymore and I forgot the reason why and I asked the Discord I was like is it because Undine went back to Queen Pikachu and they were like I think so I think she might have also just so we get did you do that before I don't remember yeah I've dropped Queen Pikachu before um that was too good man I I try. Uh, but Noel is just like, it didn't matter. Like, against Master uh, Luscious, I couldn't have done anything. Uh, but Asta would not give up. I'm not going to give up. I know Asta's alive. I'm going to get stronger and protect this kingdom. And it's it's honestly a, a way better moment than when all the Black Bulls were like, Asta's definitely alive without having a moment to, like, at least be sad about it. Yeah. <laughs> I wish it had been a little bit longer that we jawed in it or if it had been oh, like, yeah. a bit at the end of a chapter or whatever. But anyways, it's very amusing because who should show up, Nick? But Kahono from the Underwater yeah. City arc. Remember? Yep. Yeah, I do actually remember her. <laughs> yeah, very vaguely. And she's like, hey, we're having a problem. The sea god has come to life, the sea dragon, and he... Well, I'll let you hear it from them. And the sea dragon's like, must rage, need strong partner. And they're like, yeah, he needs a mage with outstanding water magic who can unite with mana just like a spirit and we cut over to uh noel who's like yep let's go leviathan and he's like a cute little guy right now he's, just, he's it's just honest it, it's honestly really funny yeah. <laughs> uh, it's leviathan and she's just like i'm gonna get my yeah i just like because he's like all right girl <laughs> um what i find very funny is uh kahono and the other one whose name I don't remember are also here. The to one be who like, dances, right? Yeah. yeah. They're like, don't worry, Noel, we're right here with you. And you're like, this is not your fight game. <laughs> like, I understand the whole world needs to be involved at this point, but like, this ain't your battle here right now. You're going to get eviscerated. Um, her siblings are amazed that Noel 
even at this point, can still get stronger. We end with Noelle activate Valkyrie armor, dragon form, and she has her new armor, and she's like, I'm going to surpass you, Mom. And I still don't have pants! Ah! Yeah. Uh, that's just not allowed. Um, it, dragons wouldn't wear pants, Nick. Just think about <laughs> I it. I mean, I guess you have a point. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, think of a dragon who wears pants. You can't say Fin Fang Foom; those were underwear. <laughs> um, mm, nope, can't do it. Yeah. That's right. There was only one, and I took it from you. That's Fin Fang Foom. <laughs> it's all right. Yeah, it's okay. I'm sure that we'll be bombarded with like Nick. Why don't you think of this one dragon? Come on, the you know, savage dragon. What about him? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I. I really want to like this moment more. I feel like this is like, hey, this is a really cool moment for Noelle. You know, it's this big, like, moment that she gets to shine where she demonstrates, like, you know, in the face of, you know, the corrupted form of their mother, the previous of the family, she basically rises up and is like, you're not my real mom and we're going to beat you. It's like, yeah, she is, you know, like that thing that their family aspires to be now. It feels like she has fully, you know, stepped into that that void that was left by their mother's death it feels like i also like the idea of like hey she got a cool dragon armor thing dragon armor is cool just in general this whole thing where she meets with leviathan and just gets its power is just thrown away (laughs) in order to do this very quickly it felt like this is something that would have been cool to get like a huge section like i understand the way you're trying to set it up is like okay um, we want the the fight and then the reveal that she has something, which I get, but like I do wish we had gotten a little bit more time than just like I walked down and I talked to the sea dragon god and he was like, I think you're cool. Let's fight together, and that's that's it. Yeah, like don't, don't get me wrong. I'm all for you know Noel uh capturing Trishula of the Ice Barrier and getting its power, but it's just such a small thing that happens in the span of I kid you not two pages <laughs> like so, so i would have liked to have seen more of that and for noelle to get more more like in-depth focus not just like oh she got a cool power so yes. um there we go though well we'll see how this turns out for her uh, soon enough i'm sure yes and let's uh, cap things off with one piece now chapter 1084 the attempted murder of a celestial dragon. So, uh, we're getting a continuation of the uh, flashback from Sawa's perspective uh, as to what went down during the Marijoa. And we see that after, you know, he was dealing with some guards, uh, Bonnie came across him. And he was like, what? Jewelry? Bonnie? Bonnie? What? And she was like, hey, uh, forget all that. Introduction, all that, whatever. I think we're after the same thing. So, they start running off together. And she kind of like gives him her backstory off off screen, so they just get to the point of of Sabo like, oh, I guess I I had heard that Kuma had a daughter, uh, and Bonnie's like, yeah, and I've been following what you guys have been up to in the news, so I trust you guys. Take my father to safety, and uh, so Sabo, you know, get passed like a message to the others through one of Karasu's soot crow things. Uh, gives him some keys and says, like, hey, 
get these to Morley and the others tell them that once Kuma and the slaves are out of their chains, they've got to get to headquarters. The mission's over. I've got some business I need to take care of. And then he says to Bonnie, what's our next move? And she says, I got to go to Egghead. I'm going to ask Vegapunk if there's a way to bring my father back to his senses. And if he doesn't... Mm. Uh, they uh, then like have to hide from some guards. Just... <laughs> Totally unnecessary. Sabo Princess carries Bonnie up into yeah. the rafters. It's that so. moment where you're like, I mean, she's a supernova, but she's still a woman. <laughs> Sabo needs to save her <laughs> from this important scene where the guards show up so they can be like, hmm, nobody here. By the way, have you ever heard of the room that shouldn't be and the no one should look inside of it? We should yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, what was the combination of that room again? Ah, it's the same as your as my as my girlfriend's birthday. You know the one. So, uh, I gotta sneak into that guard's office later and find out when his girlfriend's birthday is. <laughs> it's, this is straight up bad NPCs in a video game <laughs> shit where it's like, huh? I hope no one walks into the velvet room and takes the key <laughs> under the drawer. <laughs> You're like, ah, the drawer. <laughs> so uh, Sabo's like, okay. Uh, in order to get to Egghead, uh, you gotta go to the New World. We're heading in the opposite direction, so good luck to you. And they just part ways from there. So they met, basically agreed to work together, and then had to go in separate directions. So I was like, all right, sure, I will take this in a flashback, certainly, because it's a nice, fast way of addressing that. Uh, so they go off. But, meanwhile, said secret meeting is happening, and and, and Cobra has been brought before uh, the leaders and they're like, all right, what, what do you want to talk to us about? And Cobra, sorry, this is <laughs> a very big moment of lore that leads into what seems like a really big reveal. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Or hint towards reveal, I should say. So Cobra says, 800 years ago, the world government that we know today began. It was created by a group of 20 kings as the newly styled creators of the world. And they moved here to marry Joa with their families, where they became known as Celestial Dragons and has ruled over the world for the 8th century since. Amongst them, the 20 kings have always been equals. To prevent one from ruling over the others as a dictator, they created the Empty Throne and placed 20 weapons around it to symbolize their oath to never claim that seat. In the 20 kingdoms that had lost their royal families, new kings were chosen whose rule continues to this day. Therefore, the first 20 dynasties' names are no longer found in the lands from whence they came. But Alabasta is different. The monarch at that time was Queen Lily of the Nefertari dynasty, who was counted among the first 20, but did not become a celestial dragon. She chose to return to Alabasta and continue the Nefertari line in her homeland where the name still reigns, which is why there are actually only 19 weapons surrounding the throne. And everyone's like, yes. Someone Beast fan video is like, I was right. I counted them. There was only 19. I knew there was a yeah, reason. It's got to be at least one. <laughs> so, so Cobra says, well, I was going through old historical documents from my royal library. The only history one can peruse there comes from documents after the span of the void century. And yet, there is no mention 
of Queen Lily's name. She did not come back to rule Alabasta after that. Lily's younger brother took the throne in Alabasta instead. Is there anything you might be able to tell me about her? And one of them is just like, well, that's what you want to ask. <laughs> uh, and as they start talking about this, we see that the ruler with the giant ass crown is listening to this in a different room over Denden Mushi. And so it says it was 800 years ago. It's recorded fact that the ruler from the Neveltari dynasty did not live here. We assumed that she had gone back home, whatever her reasons or actions were. They've long been lost to the corners of time, so I can't help you. And Cobra pauses and he's like, all right, then. In that case, what is the D? You got to be careful, by the way, you say these things in English, yeah. my man. <laughs> so, so like, and then's like, what, what? the D? Did, you mean penis? <laughs> just like says it like then, you, you, you mean you mean your wee wee <laughs> wee weens and then like the dude next to him nudges him it's like no dude that secret thing for the void century and he's like oh <laughs> i thought i thought he was referring to his schlong <laughs> i thought he meant our dinglings <laughs> that room weird oh we have to kill you now because of the void century thing we just mentioned i'm sorry we, I guess it would have been better if we did just talk about penises. Oh, man. And uh, Cobra reveals his killer bit of evidence for this case, which is there's an 800-year-old letter that has been passed down through their line of kings. Ooh. And uh, then we start coming around to some of the chaos that has been happening outside. Shirohoshi got kidnapped again. Uh, and uh, Kuma's got her all bound up in a big-ass chain. She's like, help me! And Char- and Charles is like, yay! I'm an asshole! <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, he can just say that. He doesn't He doesn't need to have any like self-awareness. He can't just be like, I'm a bastard! And, uh, hey, her, her, her brothers show up to save her. Yeah! And, uh, right, they're fighting Kuma. This is gonna go well. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, yeah, they, they try and, and fight, fight Kuma. Charlton commands him to stop it. Uh, then <laughs> I'm sorry. This is just such a randomly satisfying moment that happens. Rebecca is watching this happen to, you know, the new friend that she made. And was like, Oh, it's that guy. And Sai accepts <laughs> in as like, can I do it this time? And Mjosgard, the the the, the one dragon, the, good celestial, the dagger. one good one, is just like, yeah, go ahead and do it. I'll take responsibility for the outcome, but not you, Fukuboshi. Royalty stay back, and he literally gets in the way of Fukuboshi so that he can't attack. And he's like, what the hell? I'm I'm, I'm fighting. What's what are you doing? Why are you trying to stop it when our own sister is like, no, no, no. They can just run away. They've got no nation to support. They're pirates. And Sai fucking <laughs> somersaults into the air and Gooba stomps Charlotte. <laughs> and just a completely accordions his whole body. <laughs> it's so satisfying. <laughs> also, Leo does it too. Uh, so, <laughs> so, yeah, that happens and they're like, holy shit, he is definitely dead. <laughs> You just killed him. He's like, he's fine. He's he's been killed too comedically for him to actually yeah. be dead. Uh, so like, shit, the admirals are gonna fuck you guys up. 
Uh, Kuma starts to get an attack ready, but Morley just freaking wraps him up from behind, lifts him up into the air and stops it. It's like, oh, come on, come home. She, she tries to stop him. Karasu starts to deliver the message about stuff uh, and and uh, have the keys and everything. Chaos has erupted. And then we fade away from that whole scene back to the throne room where the tall crown figure just without saying anything, ascends the steps to the throne and sits down. And they're like, oh, great, Emu! King Cobra is still present! And Cobra is shocked. And the figure of Emu just says, Lily, and sits on the throne. And that's the end of our chapter. So, okay, well, um... (laughs) Yeah, it's the first, uh, it's, it's a lot of stuff happening there, but it does explain, I guess, why Cobra properly dies. <laughs> it's like, yeah. mm, you walked into the room you shouldn't have, uh, but I hope it went okay for you. Um, fun chapter. There's, uh, there's, there's some stuff towards the start that I was like, okay, I don't, this wasn't the <laughs> cleanest of executions, but, you know, it, it got better. And it is it's- just a lot of exposition. Yeah, uh, at least the whole thing of like, oh, there's this throne that nobody's supposed to sit on. Oh, here's someone who's sitting on it, and they might be like the big, 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 big bad. It's like, oh, here's a hint of who they might be. Nice. Mm. Yeah, um, that is it for manga this week, everybody. What were your favorite? Uh, what were your favorites this week, Quinn? Tell me. My so my favorite this week, my favorite chapter is 100% Blue Box. Blue Box was such a fucking cute chapter. It was so sweet. I I thought it was wonderfully done. It was it was just a, a great read all the way through. Um, and then my character of the week, I'm going to give to Himeki from Tamaku Cinema, who this week really kind of showed a lot of range that really like gave that character a big lift for me. It's very funny. I was very nervous going into this chapter. I was like, oh, this yeah. is going to be a bunch of cheesecake shots. But I was like, oh, it's cheesecake shots of her soul. <laughs> <laughs> I, get, I, get, I get to see the the different sides of her personality and not just the different sides of her uh butt or whatever so i i really really enjoyed that we got to see a lot from her this week was stacked i really when i first read the chapter i was like nothing's beating mashal this week but like when i think about it i was like fuck blue box was really really good i am 100 percent completely in line with you this week uh, oh, wow. yeah uh, blue box was my chapter of the week by leaps and bounds i thought it was just so 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 good uh, i knew from when i first read it I was like there is no way that anything's gonna top this and uh, yeah i was right and care of the week yeah same same for me uh i re- like i said i really do like want to like the thing that happened with noelle and she's probably the only other one that i would really give like attention to in terms of you know a standout moment as a character but it just didn't quite hit for me uh whereas with himeki it's like hey you know this was a really nice thing and it was really nice to see like her actual acting range finally demonstrated and for it to be actually quite captivating and because it's just so surprising how immediately she transforms from how she she is uh so there's like a very effective visual storytelling that happens in this chapter that centers on you know like her facial expressions and her actions and stuff so good stuff um the audience by the way picked elusive samurai as their chapter of the week and noel from black clover as the character of the week nice so a lot of a lot of different picks all around i guess not between us we pick the exact same things but between us, yes right 
Guys, thank you all for joining us for Weekly Manga Recap. We will be back with more next week, uh, Wednesday evening, starting around 7.30 to 8 Eastern Time. Uh, If you want to uh, give us a follow, we will let you know exactly when the show goes live by following us on social media, joining us on our Discord server, which you can find in a link wherever this has been posted. Uh, And uh, hey, if you join us on Discord, then you'll get to participate in fun discussions, such as why the list of the top 10 My Hero Academia couples that I found on randomly uh, in like my phone's internet browser recommendations it was such bullshit. Why the heck, Why the hell were like the 7th and 12th most important characters in class 1B one of the 10 most popular ships according to this one person? So I, What I, I really enjoy is uh, Arcus in our Discord. Uh, one of his uh, primary defining characteristics is randomly searches through comic book reader to find annoying lists. And I was like, hmm, Nick's infringing on some some territory here by, by really nailing down a bad comic book reader.com list. I didn't do it on purpose. No, you did a good <laughs> it just job. Came, randomly came across it. We need to see uh, these. These, these are gifts for all of us. So if you want to like have conversations like that, join us on our Discord server. Uh, we also chat whenever the chapters drop each week. There are discussions that are held by our community about those as well. And also you can talk about the recommendations that uh, we're working on. Uh, and uh, all that can be found over there. You can also use it to find the Google Doc, which where, is where we take recommendations. Uh, there's also tracking all of the statistics associated with the show, like when we give MVP and favorite series and something, all that is recorded there by NinjaX3i. Thank you. We would never remember any of this stuff otherwise. Mm-hmm. We also want to thank people who support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash weekly manga recap, where there is bonus content for you guys to enjoy if you would like to partake in that and support us a little bit financially as well. And uh, we also want to thank Milo Jack Stilitz and Lindsay Del Cheddar for the, creating the opening sequence of the video version of Weekly Manga Recap. You can watch that over uh, on our YouTube, youtube.com slash Weekly Manga Recap. And also have some occasional title cards by Steve Mann, whose artwork you can find online by searching for Steve Mann Art. It will be wherever boobs can be drawn, which is many places. And uh, last but not least, we would like to thank you. Yes, you. Right there. Me? Yes. Oh. Oh, but also you. Yes, exactly. Why are we thanking you? Go discuss. Oh, that's sweet. No yeah. one needs to be thanked. Um, <laughs> I think next week we're going to be talking about Blank Canvas, um, which I have already added several beans to the cry jar over. Uh, so uh, expect a lot of emotions leading to that one. It's going to be a real chipper discussion. Absolutely. Yeah. This is going to be me like, I also didn't value my teachers who gave me a lot of motivation and direction enough. It's going to be a good time, everybody. Yeah. Make sure you tune in. <laughs> uh, is that how we leave? Is that how we end the episode? I don't know. 